Hey guys, Esther here with a quick warning before we start the episode. Um, today's book had quite a lot of racism and also quite a lot of discussion of the death of a pet. So if either of those sounds like something you're not in the mood for, uh, feel free to skip this one and we'll be back to the Babysitter's Club next episode. Otherwise, we'll try and keep things light and we hope you enjoy the episode. And welcome to the podcast at the Saddle Club, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Saddle Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And we have, of course, always been a podcast about the Saddle Club, and we're just now coming up to book six, Dude Ranch. Uh, so we all know tons about who these characters are and about what horses they're into. Obviously. Um, we're absolute experts on that. Um, I can definitely keep track of which character is who all the time. Absolutely. They they have distinct quirks. There's only three of them, guys. <laughs> I know, but they're all really similar. Okay, it really shows that I did read these books as a kid, because I'm like, no, they're not, Steve. He's the tomboy. Lisa's the one with the perfectionist mother, and Carol's the one with the strict military father. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes. I can tell Stevie apart from the others, but the others two were absolutely just a blur of generic girl. Okay, not gonna lie, literally the only character I remembered was Stevie. <laughs> and I remembered a bunch of stuff about Stevie, and I was only reading this, like, oh yeah, Lisa was so sort of had a, like a posh, waspy mom, and yeah, Carol dad military stri- I seem to remember that um, but like the only car I, was, I would have been like Stevie Stevie was a tomboy and she had a big family and she was did badly at school was disorganised like I, I, I could list you several biographical facts about Stevie and nothing about any of the rest of them I never read any Saddle Club as a kid because I thought it was for posh girls and the only girls in my <laughs> class who read Saddle Club were, in retrospect, not that posh, but acted like they were posh. Uh, gotcha. Was gotcha. it really for mean posh girls? Like, is that the... Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was for mean posh girls. <laughs> was that okay. just kind of a, a given that the, the posh girls were mean? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You okay. have 100% nailed them. Yeah, it's, it's not about actual socioeconomic status at all yeah I think my sister read these I feel like I saw them around the house um I was never really that motivated to pick one up she definitely had a lot of horse stories my sister was a proper horse girl I don't think she was a posh girl (laughs) it is very hard to tell the socioeconomic status of you know your own family (laughs) what was she mean no I don't think so but she was definitely um quite a popular girl um like way more so than me so I don't know perhaps she was somebody remembers her as that mean posh girl who rode horses <laughs> but probably not though my sister's pretty nice I, I didn't own any of these but my friend I had a friend who uh who, who was into horses I also went horse riding for years but I was never hmm. I would never have described myself as totally horse girl I was like a horse girl light hmm. um and uh a friend of mine was much more of a horse girl and she had a bunch of these. I think I probably got a couple of others out of the library <laughs> that I, you know, but so I, I, I never owned any, but I definitely read a couple. You read them um, at other people's houses in the classic Aoife tradition. <laughs> absolutely. Why would you go to other people's houses if not to read their books about ponies? Yeah. Um, and 
I have done a little research on Bonnie Brown since and it is really obvious that she just read the Pony Club manual <laughs> and then wrote some books. Um, oh, no, I mean, it's fine, uh, oh I guess. I read the, the, the bio at the end of the book and it says she wrote over a hundred, like, kids' books. Yeah, a bunch of them were ghostwritten. She also wrote the novelization of the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. So... <laughs> She was far from being, dare I say it, a one-trick pony. <laughs> Do you know what? You love to see it. Fair play to her. <laughs> you like to see people get work. I was just kind of pleasantly surprised to see that Bonnie Bryant was a person and not like an amalgam of ghostwriters from the start. like um, <laughs> Underpaid college <Kate> students. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the ghostwriters presumably came later when Bonnie Bryant was like, fuck this workload. Just like, and I'm Martin. Exactly. Fuck this workload. It's making enough money now. Get me my ghostwriter. I would like to say that I think we owe an apology to all of the Babysitter's Club cover artists up to and including the GCSE student from book yep. one. Uh-huh. <laughs> because they put in some effort. <laughs> they put in some effort. This cover is the most low effort bullshit I have ever seen. It's real low effort. This cover is three girls standing at awkward angles and kind of badly photoshopped in front of some kind of equestrian wall thing it might be equestrian like i don't even know what that's supposed to be it looks like a garden fence but i'm assuming it's meant to be <laughs> you you could charitably read it as equestrian it could be a shipping container either like it's really <laughs> vague actually more like a shipping container than anything else to be honest yeah we apologize fulsomely to the gcse art student who tried their best god damn it this person did not try their best it's a bad Photoshop and I can actually, I'm now looking back on the covers and I'm like, yeah, none of them had anything to do with the books. They just did a photo shoot someday with three girls who they thought looked like the girls in the books. And then that was it. Distributed the covers randomly. Th- that was what the covers were. Was there just one cover or did they have a, a transatlantic split like the Babysitter's Club? I This was not big enough that I ever... Uh, got to see other nations editions there was a tv show oh and um definitely one of the actresses in that is black this is on the the cover you found is on the penguin.com.au but it is the same cover the covers in ireland were like that mm. there are actually other covers that are like actual art done by an actual artist mm. but no, this is not one of them. Yeah, I'm not sure what the di- what where the different versions came out, but like, yeah, this is not one of them. Um, disappointing. <laughs> yeah. So, Ifid, you want to give us a one sentence summary of this book? Uh, <laughs> that was a good face. A very pained face. Three girls who are super into ponies go spend a week on a dude ranch with a friend of theirs. Things get kind of racist. Yep. Yes. That's that's about it. <laughs> I suggested this one because um, I saw oh, Dude Ranch. I thought there'd be like boy related hijinks. Um, and there aren't, which is probably a good thing. But they. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. They find a bunch of other stuff to fill the time. Oh, God. I, I had read this, I think, but like I read it once when I was 12. I did not expect. <laughs> I, I had like completely <laughs> forgotten. Yeah, I, oh, I think God. some of that does go over your head. Um, when you're quite young. Oh, absolutely. It went over my head. I read, I, 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 
I read much more racist things and noticed, but this, no, I, I didn't notice. But like the much more racist things I went would have been written by like well-meaning Australian white ladies in 1900 kind of stuff that I'm like, who, 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 I see you meant well lady, but who? Um, whereas this was just so diluted compared to that that I didn't notice it at all, no. It is noticeably unspecific about the location, mm. um, which means... I think they were like, ha ha, nobody can call us out on being inexact about certain things. Um, but then it's just like, where the fuck is this set? Like, it's somewhere in the United States of America that is not coastal. And it's not Virginia. And that's as much as we can be sure of. It's not Virginia. It's coastal. It's west of Virginia. We know that because they describe it as west and they go to the airport in Denver, not current Denver International Airport that hadn't been built yet. The other one, the one it replaced. They name it. Uh, but I had already read the Wikipedia article for Denver International Airport because I was like, they said about getting lost in Denver Airport. I was like, is that the one with Blucifer? Um It is, but Blucifer hadn't been built yet. Um, it's a terrifying, satanic-looking blue horse sculpture okay. art thing. It killed the sculptor. <laughs> like it fell on him or something and severed an artery oh, and he died. No. Oh my god. I thought but he meant he, through stress, like he died of overwork. No. He he had done a series of these like kind of rearing Mustang sculptures. Um and he had designed them and planned them. This isn't the only one, but it's one of the biggest, it's bright blue. And they all have like glowing eyes. Yeah. So it looks <laughs> demonic. Hence Blucifer. When you said it killed him, I thought you were like, it was such a bad sculpture that he never had a career anymore. I thought you were just being hyperbolic. It is apparently controversial as to whether it's good or bad, but... Um, <laughs> if it killed a man, I think it's bad. <laughs> aesthetically. Aesthetically, darling. Aesthetically. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're somewhere within one transfer of Denver. Maybe two <laughs> transfers of Denver? Yeah, it could, that could be literally anywhere. That almost could be Ireland. <laughs> Okay, but they're definitely in the range of the southwestern diamondback rattlesnake. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which could mean they're in Mexico, but assuming they're in the United States. I think there would have been other well-meaning things said if it was Mexico. It could be New Mexico. <laughs> oh, God, I think the racism would have been even worse if it was in Mexico. <laughs> it's um, off the charts. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess it's like Arizona or no, if it had been set in Texas, they'd have said it was in Texas and nobody there yeah. would have shut up about it being Texas. Yeah. I get, I'm just going to choose Arizona as, as the country that this a county, no, state, sorry, <laughs> sorry to, to everyone in America that this is set in. Um, sure, the states are just like really big counties. <laughs> enormous counties, right? I'm from County yeah. Texas. <laughs> I've decided that it's in West Dakota. Which is it's West Dakota. Yeah, okay. I'm, I accept that. A wonderful place where all things are possible. It's just stressing me out because the Dakotas are so far north it couldn't possibly be in West Dakota, even if there was one. Unless it's not contiguous with the other Dakotas. It's just stressing me out, Esther. Yeah, I'm aware. What what state is actually west of Dakota? Because we're presumably just like running Montana. to Russia. I was going to say Montana or Wyoming. The ones that we kept thinking it was in, but it's clearly much further south because of the rattlesnake. Maybe it was an imported rattlesnake. Um, to yeah, it could have been an escaped pet. The ranch. I mean, they did talk a lot about the rattlesnakes. They did, yes. They uh, did. Before this specific rattlesnake was encountered. Also, I feel like the Dakotas are cold. Um, well, not in the summer. Not in the, no. Not, not in the summer. Continental climate right, but like, and all that jazz. Hmm. But they make a big fuss about it being hot here. 
Yeah. Which that that sounds like it's they more wouldn't. temperate in the Dakotas. Yeah. I could be wrong about that, to be quite honest. Well, it's probably not going to be as hot as the yeah. southwest in the summer, I'm assuming. I'm not looking up the climates of the relative climates of these states in um You've already done such a deep dive into this. <laughs> Eva's just got a big map with like a giant circle of rattlesnake <laughs> territory drawn in. I only looked up the things that were interesting to me. <laughs> and all the airline routes marked out That's in red string. Legit. <laughs> You guys really, really overestimate A, my staying power, and B, how many minutes I get at a time to do anything. <laughs> you you already done a better job than, like, we have. We were just like, oh, this is real unspecific. I mean, well, it was only after you guys said that that I was just like, I wonder, can I narrow this down at all? <laughs> well, I think I did that while the baby was asleep on me for two hours today. So, oh, God. <laughs> All right, anyway, so the, the upshot is we don't know where this is. Um, we don't know where this is. It's the Southwest somewhere. Well, it starts in Virginia, where the girls are at horse riding summer camp. None of this matters because it's the last day of horse riding summer camp. Um, they all get prizes. We get the equivalent of a Babysitter's Club Chapter 2, where it tells us who's in the saddle club and what their personality traits are. It is mercifully a lot shorter. It is a lot shorter because there's a lot fewer members and they have a lot fewer personality traits. <laughs> These girls can't be expected to not ride horses for a couple of weeks. So while the no, they would die. While the summer camp is closed, they're going to go off and ride horses elsewhere. It's fine, you guys. <laughs> so Stevie is a troublemaker. Uh, she's disorganized and likes to start projects and abandon them. And she's currently wearing only one polished boot. What a miscreant. Carol has beautiful curly black hair. And dark brown eyes, which I guess is their low-key way of describing her rather than saying something you ought to know about Carol is that she's black and the other girls are white. <laughs> her dad is a colonel in the Marine Corps. Um, Lisa has a weird, pushy mother um, who thinks that a nice girl should know a bit about horses, but is unprepared for the fact that now Lisa knows a lot about horses. She's a horse girl to the max. She's new to this whole thing, but she um, is very dedicated. None of this matters for the rest of the plot. No. Uh, none of it will ever come up again. Um, the girls all get blue ribbons and then they go to Stevie's house where she has a swimming pool and they swim. And these girls are fancy. These are like, they would live in Christie's millionaire neighborhood if they were in the yeah. Babysitter's club verse. They would live in Sweet Valley, except that <laughs> the horses are probably too much effort for the people in Sweet Valley out of your, like too much time out of your busy backstabbing schedule. They'd have people to look after the horses and they'd only ride them when they felt like it. And I'd pay someone the, to ride my horse for me. <laughs> they definitely did not give us the like brand name and like descriptions of their riding clothing sufficiently to be Sweet Valleyites, though. Oh, that's true. But but also the Sweet Valley brand names are unbelievably generic and boring. <laughs> so we're like, oh, my helmet comes from the horse shop. It's the most exclusive horse-themed boutique in town. <laughs> it's much better than the horse boutique, which is actually quite down market. <laughs> so, yeah, they all get ribbons and um, that's all... They tell us who runs the stable and we're never going to see him again. So it's fine no. um, that they are anticipating going out to visit their friend, Kate Devine, whose parents run a dude ranch way out west. And that's as many specifics as we're getting on the location. Um, 
Yeah, Stevie pictures various local landmarks at yeah. the Dude Ranch, such as the towering Rocky Mountains, the Lonesome Pines, the Sierra Madre, whatever that whatever was. Whatever that was. And cowpokes lumbering along the Santa Fe Trail. Now, I looked up the Santa Fe Trail and it's in a bunch of states, so that could be kind of anywhere. Um, the Sierra Madre, there's some of it's in California and the rest of it's in Mexico. I will point out that she, she, she doesn't know what it is, so I don't think this is a hint. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure she knows where she's going, is my point. She's going <laughs> home on the range, guys. Also, the Lonesome Pine is in Virginia, which yep. she should know, because she's from Virginia. <laughs> not only does she not know where the Sierra Madre is, she doesn't know what the Sierra Madre <laughs> is, so I'd love to know how she's picturing it. Yeah, it's a thing people say, and it's atmospheric. And she then segues into a bunch of racist stuff she remembers from watching Westerns, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and reflects that everything she knows about the West is from bad Hollywood movies and is probably racist. I, I will have to say, though, I, I think perhaps the author overestimates how many Westerns kids in the 90s had seen or late <laughs> 80s had seen. I mean, that was more of a 60s thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen a Western in my life until I saw one of the kind of remakey ones in the late 2000s. Exactly, like, exactly. The my, Westerns. Westerns are for <laughs> my dad. Yeah. yeah, I T think T.G. Carter shows the Friday Western. Yes, yes. for dads. They're for dads. for dads. Because I think they were all that was on Irish TV when TV came to Ireland in like 1979 or whatever year it was. It wasn't yeah. 1979. <laughs> but I mean, even before that, they were just on in the cinema when like kids would go and pay like tuppence to go to the cinema and mm -hmm. they'd sit 15 to a seat screeching for three hours. Like <laughs> Westerns were on an awful lot. Kids play cowboys like kids play superheroes these days. Yeah, that's true, actually. But yeah, not by the 90s. Tween not girls by the 90s. Not no, mad that was into the Westerns. 60s thing. By the 90s, kids were not mad into Westerns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they were, were into just teenage mutant ninja turtles. Skateboarding and turtles. It's a shame. And horse riding. The, you, the kids in these books couldn't have gotten their like information about something from having watched a documentary sometimes. <laughs> you know, about a horse ranch, <laughs> how they work. That type of thing um, about a region. I, I suppose it's very hard to watch a documentary about a completely unspecified region. David Attenborough <laughs> that's would have a hard time. <laughs> people, yeah. That's why people don't know more about West Dakota. It's underrepresented. <laughs> David Attenborough has never been there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, the girls do some ambiguous flying. They've had many connecting flights. They almost got on a plane bound for Hawaii at one point. There's so much, like, plane business in this that is not just does not work anymore. If they had got on a plane to Hawaii, I think they would have just found some horses there and had a really nice time. Probably. <laughs> Went, fuck the horses. <laughs> Go on the beach. <laughs> have you met these girls? They would have found some horses there. <laughs> yes, they're, they're all about the horses. And they apparently have money, so they probably conjure up some horses if they try real hard. Just buy some horses. They look out the window at the cows below. Um, Stevie makes a tasteless joke about how the cows are going to end up as hamburgers. Um, and then the boy behind her makes fun of her for saying cattle or cows, because out here we call it stock. And if you talk like that, everyone will know you're just a bunch of Eastern dudes. The word dude gets used so many times in this book that it loses all meaning. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy is just rude. He's 18. He's 
dickishly nitpicking these girls' conversation on the plane for no reason. Yep. This guy is like, oh, you like horses? Name three of their albums. Exactly. Yes. He's just like this for the the whole, the whole fucking book. Also, like, this guy's job is working at a dude ranch where tourists who know fuck all come. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's why he's like that. But still, like, he's got to learn to keep that in check. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting that he's decided to antagonize these girls who are, well, maybe he doesn't know they're going to his dude ranch. I bet he does. But, yeah. I bet he does that he also knows they're not paying customers and this is his only opportunity to vent at the people who are similar <laughs> to but not paying customers. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. I mean, I like he's 18. He doesn't have a fully developed prefrontal cortex yet. <laughs> We, we never give the Pike triplets this much leeway, but yes, you are quite right. He doesn't seem to be a misogynist. That's why I'm giving him the leeway. Also, I work customer service. <laughs> yeah, he's just patronising. Although he probably wouldn't have been this patronising to three boys, but... I think he, he would if they came from the East, though. He, he, he never big. overtly calls them gross for being girls, so he's got that advantage over the Pikes. Yeah, that's true. He's just, like, really offended by their lack of specific ranching terminology. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly think he would have been the exact same if they had been guys. He possibly, yeah. It's possible, yeah. He, he's real specific on what's pissing him off. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, like, standing up on the plane and leering over the people in front of me, like, excuse me, your vocabulary is embarrassing you. <laughs> now I'm going to just put my feet on your armrests. And the air hostess is like, Sir, please, we're coming into land. Would you please get back in your seat? <laughs> I mean, could you imagine, like, leaning forward on an airplane and being like, actually, it's pronounced Killarney. And... <laughs> I mean, I can imagine wanting to. I mean, yeah, me too. But, like, why would you do it? So they get off the plane and they meet their friend Kate, who we are reassuringly told is just as horse crazy as they are. Um... And then Kate awkwardly introduces them to Eli, who is one of the Wranglers, aka a cowboy, who mm -hmm. works on their ranch. He's 18. He's kind of cute. He speaks with this incredible Western drawl. And in a shocking plot twist that nobody saw coming, he's the annoying guy off the plane. Da, da, da. So hmm. Eli and Stevie both discreetly pretend that they have not been bickering at each other. And then um, they get into the pickup truck in which Eli is driving them all to the ranch. Um, <laughs> the girls are just sitting loose in the back of the pickup because it's like 1991 and nobody cares. The author says that the girls go on the mattresses the Devines kept in the back of the pickup for the comfort and safety of their guests. And safety. I can't tell if that's sarcastic or not. Like, <laughs> do you actually think this is comfortable and safe or are you as weirded out by this as, as we the reader? Safe? No, but it is going to be way more comfortable than just sitting in the metal bed of the pickup. It's still not going to be objectively comfortable. It's just less uncomfortable. It would be great fun. I, I find it so exotic that you can have a mattress in a vehicle that is like not fully enclosed. And it doesn't just sprout green mold within like 12 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh my god one of the leprechaun movies is set in ireland like leprechaun five and but they clearly filmed it in fucking um like tennessee or somewhere there is a there is just a quality of light that you do not get here ever <laughs> and there are people driving around in pickup trucks and i was like what county is this like, 
<laughs> Those are not <laughs> even farm vehicles here. <laughs> County Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's just a good way to get your possessions wet here. Yeah. Yes. Even if you're going to park that in a garage, it's going to be gross. Like the damp will just find its way in. So the girls rattle around loose in the back of the truck. Um, I'm horrified. They talk about horses. There's a lot of technical discussion about the differences between English style horse riding and Western style horse riding. And this is, I don't know about you guys, but I felt a lot like we feel when we think about the differences between baseball and softball and that (laughs) other thing. Like this all just sort of went over my head in a pleasant wash of mysterious things. I was trying to remember, did I learn that from this book or did I already know and was like, had my own information sort of pleasantly sort of like reiterated back to me that I'd recently Mm -hmm. learned. It's like, I know the differences between Western and English writing, obviously. Um, (laughs) Get you. Okay, good. I know. But like, yeah, no, it was, I was like, oh yeah. I was like, yes, I'm learning. Um, (laughs) Oh, the other thing I did look up in this was like cattle terminology. Mm-hmm. I ended up on a website called cows.ie. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the only thing I actually wanted to know was what is a steer? And I learned. It's same thing as a bullock. Yeah, yeah same thing as a bullock, which I did not know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know neutering is, is a cat thing and not a cow thing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. The book is accurate as far as that goes then. You were saying that it's like um, she read a manual and you think that was about it. I do. I like, I mean, she did say, I did like, uh, like look her up and she was like, oh yeah, no, I didn't know anything about horses. <laughs> I had to do a bit of research. But I think for a lot of the stuff, it's very, the, the English writing she does, she's just very kind of follows the, 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 the letter of the rule of like the pony club manual and stuff, which is <laughs> mm-hmm. a perfectly reasonable, responsible way to do it when you don't know much about it. And you're like, well, what's the book that all the 11 year old horse girls read? I will say it seems like she definitely did a lot more research about horse riding than Anna and Martin ever did about sailing. I mean, yes. She read one book. Possibly if Anna and Martin had to write a whole series about sailing, she might have looked up what boats look like at some stage. <laughs> you know. I'd like to think that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, she's she's done her research. It's all very surface level kind of like literally basic manual stuff, but mm-hmm. she knows what a horse looks like. I'm assuming she did something similar for the Western stuff, you know, but then I don't know any more than she does about the Western stuff, to be honest with you. So it's all a pleasant mystery to us, but it's a lot better than like, yeah, the sailing in, yeah. in, in Stony Brook. I think that's our benchmark for like poorly researched hobby discourse. <laughs> and, and it's a low one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as they talk about ranch stuff, uh, Stevie reflects on the fact that she's going to have her birthday. She's turning 13 in a week. And she normally would have a barbecue and pool party with her twin brother, Alex. But she's not having that this year because she's going to be on the ranch. And mm-hmm. She feels fed up about it, but she doesn't want to make a fuss about it. Uh, But at the same time, she's still kind of pissed off about it. Uh, Meanwhile, the girls are asking about swimming opportunities. Why are they all scared of beavers? (laughs) I don't think they were scared of beavers. Maybe I kind of got the impression that it was just like, they weren't scared until they were just like, oh my God, like, are there actual beavers there? And then... What's her name was like, oh yeah, you just feel them brushing against you as you swim, which would scare me and I'm not scared of beavers. <laughs> she leaned real hard into the beavers thing. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's like they they arrive and everyone is taking the piss out of them, even their close friend, um, for being <laughs> new to this part of the world and yeah. not really understanding the local fauna. <laughs> How gauche! Like, I don't know. I didn't look up the range of habitat range of beavers. That would have been Ooh, useful. We need the Venn overlap where yeah, you get both. What if it does? It doesn't exist, though. Going then it's West Dakota. It's West. Then Dakota. it's West Dakota. <laughs> then West Dakota confirmed, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they go to their like cabin where they're going to be staying, which is called a bunkhouse because get this, it's got bunk beds in it. Mind blown. Oh yeah, they did explain that specifically, didn't they? That's so pathetic. Yes, they explained that specifically. <laughs> um, then they get into their pajamas and they present Kate with a pony head pin and tell her that she's formerly a member of the Saddle Club. She has all the privileges of membership in their great organization. Which is having the pin. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that is it. it seems to <laughs> They're be really it. way less formal than the Babysitter's Club. There's no, there doesn't seem to be any kind of officers in the club. There's no club shoes. No There's no notebook, no diary. Well, these I are know. not business women. They're using their own parents' funds to buy the pins. <laughs> there is no money to be earned horse riding unless, I guess, you're Eli. But not when you're a 14 year old. And even so, I'm assuming he's on minimum wage. <laughs> yes. Probably minus bed and board. These girls are wealthy dilettantes, and like, Christy would have zero time for them, I think. <laughs> like, they're just horse riding for passion and not for like money making. They're not, they don't have that grind set. They're not on that hustle. Why are they not also babysitting? I mean, Jesse manages to, you know, be on track to become a professional ballet dancer and babysit. Yes. Mallory manages to think about horses a lot and babysit. Yeah. I think if Christy was at this particular dude ranch, she would have like approached the other families that we're told are there and been like, give us your kids. Yeah, oh, give us money as well. <laughs> She'd have started an illegal daycare for the children that were there like that. What if illegal daycare, but with rattlesnakes? Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, just as well Christy isn't there. <laughs> so Kate's like, thank you so much for letting me into your club. Uh, breakfast at 6.30 in the morning and you better be there. The other girls are suitably horrified. You better be ready to eat steak and eggs at 6.30 in the morning. And potatoes. <laughs> this was probably the first time I'd ever come across Americans having steak for breakfast and it, my mind was blown. Well, you've got to have your morning steak. <laughs> Keep you going until your lunchtime steak. What is this nonsense? Steak is dinner. <laughs> steak is a posh dinner for when you're very hungry. <laughs> when I was small, I turned to my mother. I was about five and said, Mommy... The only dinners I really like are steak and salmon. <laughs> and my mother went, good luck with that. <laughs> and I didn't understand. She actually had to explain to me that they were like the most expensive dinners. You, you better get into finance there, love. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only good luck with that. Eat your fish fingers. <laughs> so the next morning, um, Kate comes and wakes them up and... The others are kind of appalled that she's so cheerful at 6.30 in the morning. Um, this actually made me laugh. Uh, Kate says, I'm always cheerful at 6.30. So am I, Carol said, sitting up in her upper book. But that's because I'm always sound asleep then. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I like that Carol. That was very real. That was, <laughs> that was very, very real. relatable. Um, then they talk about what their plans for the day. Uh, they're going to have breakfast, go to the corral and then have lunch and go into town. Uh, Kate calls them dudes again and Stevie is offended. She <laughs> says, the way some people say it, it sounds like it's an incurable disease. 
Eloy has really got into her head and is now living there rent free. Yeah, well, I have well, to say, he's pretty obnoxious. He was obnoxious, but also like, yes, you are dudes. The definition, yes. Like, um, also, this was way too subtle. This joke would never have been in the babysitters club. Mm-hmm. You may have trouble this morning because you weren't writing yesterday, but tomorrow you'll be eating like a. Uh, she paused, and Stevie rolled her eyes while Lisa giggled. Right, because the joke is you'll be eating like a horse. Oh, if that was in the babysitters club, it would have had. To, it would have been spelled out, and and like. <laughs> probably we would have been told that that's an expression Watson uses oh, you could have been, <laughs> yes. like you'll be eaten like a horse everyone rolled their eyes someone threw a pillow at her you know that's all simple yeah. it's, I, I love a like a dad joke <laughs> oh yeah no I mean I don't mind the joke I just like that she didn't finish the sentence and we were still expected to get the joke in this book I was like uh, Anna and Martin would never so the girls eat giant amounts of protein um, and then they go out and watch Eli herding some horses and they're very impressed. And Stevie grudgingly realizes that actually she doesn't know everything about ranch work and maybe she is a dude and so are her friends. Which, in case you are as unfamiliar with this meaning of the word as I was, uh, means like an amateur who's just coming out here for fun and doesn't know anything about cowboy work. So yes, the girls Mm. categorically are dudes. If I remember the etymology I was taught about in, not etymology, but or the origin of the word that I was taught about in, not taught about, I read about in primary school, though, it was like, yeah, it, it started as a disparaging term, like, during cowboy times. Ah, so it's, that's the origin, and then it, yeah. Easterners who would arrive out, and it later got turned into, like, a slang term used by surfers, I guess, I don't know where slang terms, Yeah. That that is interesting. I am curious about that. Like, I wonder if, like, oh, you're a cool dude. Um, started out sarcastic and became just a a thing. People said, yeah. (laughs) Um, Wow, something moving from insult to semi compliment, or at least just just neutral now, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Eli picks out horses for all of the girls to ride. Um. He gives Stevie a horse that they call Stewball and announces that Stewball likes dudes. Um, which for one second I was like, it's a gay horse? It's a gay- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dudes is not male here. It's not exclusively a male term, which that's the, the, the crossover that I'm curious about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stevie wonders if the horse likes dudes for breakfast. Um, I, I kind of like the image of him as just this kind of feral terrifying monster <laughs> yes suitable for the sassiest girl that you just made on the plane take her down a peg or two we'll collect her bleached bones out of the desert or other biome that we are apparently living in in a week's time <laughs> that'll teach this child to misrefer to cows in a private conversation and then not to be grateful when i correct her <laughs> I mean, she didn't even misrefer to them. They are cattle. They're all cattle. It doesn't really matter that you say steer there. They're still cattle or you say stock there. You know what happens if you look up cows on Wikipedia? You get the page for cattle. <laughs> cattle is the generic term here. Yeah. Like, Wikipedia you want her to around. use a like, specific jargon term. <laughs> <laughs> so Stevie, like tries to set up her horse. Uh, Eli gives her a saddle and when she's surprised that it's not the same as the saddle she's used to back east, he gives her a withering look. Mm-hmm. Um, so she like makes a point of not looking at him as she puts the saddle on, gets on the horse. she was just surprised at how heavy it was. Yeah. 
Um, and she's convinced that he is like watching her as she gets on and then thinks, there, let him smirk at that. But it also turns out that he wasn't looking at her at all. He no. absolutely, I cannot emphasize enough how much he has got under her skin. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But maybe he was pretending not to look at her. Huh? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he really was all along. I actually think she just thinks he's incredibly cool. Oh, definitely. She desperately wants to impress him. Yeah. yeah. He's cool and annoying. Uh, yeah, it's a potent mix. It's fair. Oh my God, he nagged her. Yeah. He did. He nagged her. Yeah, he 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 does that throughout the book, <laughs> but kind of successfully. Yeah. Well, do you know what I actually like about this relationship? Um, is that there's never once the hint of. I think they describe him as cute, but there, that's about the the yeah. extent of the potential romantic involvement I, there I, because he is substantially older. Um, yeah, he's than eighteen. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Th- it's it's far more of a um I must prove my worthiness to this um person who has decreed that they are the arbiter of worthiness. Um which not ideal, yeah. but I definitely think get the impression that she she, she wants to be cool like him mm-hmm. and not yeah. like that she fancies him at all. Mm-hmm. Cause this definitely was reminding me of any number of super specials where Claudia has been befriended by an 18-year-old guy and it's made oh, yeah. us all deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, that 16-year-old gardener storyline yes. was, was bad times and he was only 16. Oh, yeah. Just dodgy stuff there. He was older than 16. She said she was 16. He was in college. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, I got that mixed um, up. And their whole sort of, like, rivalry felt like it was, like, building towards a sort of enemies-to-lovers thing and I was bracing mm-hmm. myself for unpleasantness. And then it just never did. And they just went enemies to, like, grudging respect for each other. And that was fine. That was yes, a great relief. I like that. It was like, all I wanted to do here was graduate from dudeness. And exactly. I did that. And now I'm going home. <laughs> yes. Yes. I gained well, the approval of the cool person who I wish I was like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Isn't that, like... That's frankly just as much of a satisfying wish fulfillment thing as like, yeah. you know, a hot guy fancied me also. But in the Babysitter's Club, there definitely would have been fancying as well. Oh, there would have been. Kind of glad there wasn't, to be honest. The, the romantic relationships in the Babysitter's Club are like doomed to disappointment and failure. Yes. This is far more satisfying because they, they don't try... <laughs> To have, like, a, a crappy teenage, like, let's have three postcards and then then call it quits kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is a lot more, like, achievable. Yeah. <laughs> so they go into town. Um, the town looks like a town in a Western, um, but it has normal shops such as three Three shoe stores, a jewellery store, a fast food hamburger place, a videotape rental store, bless, a drugstore, <laughs> oh, no. a convenience store, and best of all, an ice cream parlour. Then we do get some Babysitter's Club parallels because there's uncomfortable food shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. They go what in the hell? and admire all the Sunday flavours and different ice creams they have, but there's also a big mirror on the wall and Stevie can't bear the thought of watching herself eat interesting ice cream so she just gets a little bowl of vanilla and I wanted to cry. Stevie was afraid that if she made a pig of herself she'd have to watch herself eat every bite. She just ordered a dish of vanilla ice cream. Stevie you're eating 14 steaks a week. Like, yeah, hang Enjoy on a the ice cream. 
It, it will balance out all that protein. You need some fucking dairy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she's being so weird about the ice cream when she already ate like half a farmyard and oh my God. that was fine. They're doing paleo. No, they're doing keto. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you eat dairy on keto? Oh no, you have to eat coconut oil instead. No, that's what I'm thinking. That's why she's so ashamed of it. She, keto <laughs> maybe didn't exist. She's doing proto-keto. <laughs> <laughs> oh god she's on the jordan peterson diet back when jordan peterson was still a phd student <laughs> yeah they were on a plane together and she food shamed him and it left a terrible impression <laughs> stevie what did you do to the world <laughs> what have you wrought stevie <laughs> so then um they talk about writing and kate says that western writing is all business um, and that new writers sometimes think the saddle horn is just to hold on to, but that's not true at all. Wait until we have our roundup later this week. You won't be doing much roping, but you'll see Eli do some, and you'll see what a pommel is really for. This feels like set up for some kind of reveal that we just don't get. Pommel-related injury. Yeah, no, that doesn't come up at all. And They're never mentioned again. She does quite a bit of active cattle wrangling, sorry, stock wrangling during the, <laughs> the scene. I don't know if ropes, oh no, they are involved. Yeah, ropes are involved, but there's no pommels. We were promised pommel explanations that we did not get. <laughs> we're going to have to go and like look up pommels on YouTube after this. <laughs> what is a pommel for? Really? <laughs> Answer number one, it's decorative. <laughs> so they um talk about uh their plans for the rest of the week uh they're going to be going on a round out on a roundup and sleeping outdoors hmm. um stevie mentions that uh her birthday is on saturday and carol acts very nonchalant about it but we are told that she has something up her sleeve which is i think the only time we get another character's like interior thoughts in this whole book it's a weird like pov hop i think we occasionally do yeah we do see them kind of um doing birthday scheming that's the only yeah yeah but we don't get anyone else's like interior thoughts yes okay yes we get a, a third a third person um kind of like the girls all winked at each other and then said let's pretend we're peeling potatoes while she's out <laughs> being pissed off because yeah. we've forgotten her birthday <laughs> yes is it worth doing that to somebody like who's expecting their birthday and you're like oh my god they're gonna be so happy when we surprise them but in the, in the five intervening days they're like everybody hates me nobody remembers my real birthday <laughs> That they're just getting madder and madder and madder. Like it seems kind of yeah, like you're putting a lot of strain on the relationship and just assuming it's going to sort itself out when the party happens. But like maybe you'll have a huge falling out before then. Yes, it, it feels like um, a relationship where you're like, she's going to love my um, surprise proposal that I do in a very public place, <laughs> and that will solve all the issues that we have as a couple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like, you guys did have a surprise birthday party for me once, and you did not feel the need to frame it by pretending to callously forget my birthday was coming up beforehand. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> we accidentally made a non-kosher dish. <laughs> I that's, remember that. That was really... That's, that's okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, I didn't have to, like, run a gauntlet of fake meanness from you guys in the days leading up to it. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That was nice. Well, okay. I don't remember. Um, I'll take your word for it that you didn't feel like we were oppressing you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, good. Um, 
so they hear a disturbance outside um, and there's a bunch of gunshots. And <laughs> basically it's that one scene from Westworld where they hold up the saloon and steal all the money. Um, <laughs> people uh, threaten each other. People shoot each other. A guy on a roof gets shot and falls off. Uh, Stevie is absolutely horrified and can't believe that all the bystanders are cheering at this uh, bloodthirsty carry-on. Mm-hmm. And then finally realizes that um, actually this is just some kind of like historical reenactment thing for the benefit of dudes. <laughs> and she resolves not to uh, let on that she thought it was real, even though all the others admit that they thought it was real. But Stevie is too cool for this, you guys. She's not a dude and she knew it was fake. Well, I feel like if I saw a bank being robbed and there was a bunch of people standing outside clapping and cheering, no matter how realistic the actual bank robbery was, I would probably be like, ah, oh, this is a this is a performance art thing. I have yeah. um, been known to think that things are performance art when they are not in the past. So, <laughs> Such as? <laughs> oh my God, literally me and Keith uh, walking out, out of the Powers Court Centre um, after having coffee and looking at somebody um, who, as it turned out, was um, industriously cleaning the inside of a really large glass display case. And we both looked at her and then said to each other at the same time, performance art? <laughs> it's like, no, it just looks like mine, but actually she's, it's glass. <laughs> oh, bless. But I have to say, though, that's kind of a creative idea. If you want to rob a bank, get a flash mob. Right. Don't tell them that that's necessarily what you're going to do, but like have them stand outside and whoop and cheer. Um, <laughs> and like maybe wear a high vis vest, like do it really in plain sight and then come out with your bags of money and be like, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. And then they don't realize that it's all like, you know, actually a heist. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I like it. We'll, we'll keep that idea in our back pocket if we need more funding for the podcast at some point. <laughs> If the Kofi the doesn't... Um... <laughs> exactly. If that doesn't pan out. No, that sounds like a threat. That's not... I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't um, say that in front of all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure many of our listeners are in the guards and are dobbing us in as we speak. <laughs> so Stevie then sees uh, an adorable German shepherd, which comes up and bonds with her very briefly. Um, she pets him, but before she can read his tag... Uh, somebody whistles and he runs off. Uh, Stevie bitterly thinks that it doesn't matter that she can't see who's the dog's owner because they probably just think she's a dude. Oh, Stevie. Stevie. <laughs> He's not worth it. I'm surprised she didn't go into the ice cream parlor and say, give me the least dudest ice cream you've got. <laughs> they just give her like a dish of like whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> With like a steak in it as a garnish. <laughs> I mean, some people are probably into that. Probably. <laughs> they aren't 14-year-old girls. No. Actually, <laughs> I bet a steak could taste really good if you poured whiskey on it. I kind of want that now. If you, like, seared it in, a, like, a nice whiskey sauce, but <laughs> it would just be like, yeah, you. I ordered an ice cream Sunday, and it turns out I'd walked into um, TGI Fridays and just got a rack of ribs instead. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's a steak affogato. I'm into it. <laughs> so it's that, but with an espresso poured over it. Oh, that's so No, no, the kind it. where it's a spirits. 
<laughs> I don't think I could go for steak and coffee, but I definitely could go for a steak days and whiskey. <laughs> and set on fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's okay. amazing. It's everything you want in a meal. <laughs> you know the way to Esther's heart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One flaming alcohol-soaked steak in our many buddies. <laughs> you might want to, like, try that before you make promises. No, I can picture it, and it's pretty great. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So the next morning, it's 4.45 a.m. Stevie is dreaming about horses and the dog that she met. And she's woken by a whistling sound. Um, she goes and looks out the window of the bunkhouse and sees somebody riding a horse bareback with a dog. And she thinks it's the dog that she saw in town. Um, then it, it's, it starts to get uncomfortable because she reflects that what kind of person rides bareback? Only Indians. Had she just mm -hmm. seen an Indian? Her mind is absolutely blown by this. And she lies down and goes back to sleep and then dreams about this. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, it's just that amazing to meet like an ethnic minority in a part of the country where they live. I mean, I suppose somebody shows up at the farm in the early hours of the morning and you're not sure what they're doing. I think that part would be of more interest to me than the ethnicity of the person. <laughs> like, specifically. Um I think I would probably just like ask yeah. the people who ran the ranch, like, do you have a staff member who shows up real early in the morning with a dog? Yep, no, she's not doing that. <laughs> and like, yes, <laughs> I, I, I like how like she's, she doesn't have any idea about the like gender of this person, but she's straight away is like, that looks like an Indian to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, she has decided this is a man because default gender is male. <laughs> so history tells me. That morning at breakfast, she drops a subtle hint about how it's going to be so funny having steak and eggs on her birthday this year because her birthday's coming up in a couple of days. And uh, she's not going to be having blueberry pancakes on her birthday like usual because it's going to be her birthday, you guys. <laughs> and her friends are like, oh, is your birthday coming up? <laughs> and Stevie can't believe that they have forgotten this already because they were only talking about it yesterday. You could absolutely be like, oh yeah, your birthday. Yeah, we should do something yeah. about that. Are you doing something about that when you go home? You know, you don't have to have like keep going, ugh, I don't care about <laughs> your dumb birthday, Stevie. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Eat your steak. <laughs> this is wildly unnecessary. <laughs> So um, they, Carol, or sorry, Kate says that Eli needs some help uh, forking hay this morning, uh, but nobody is available because Carol has to teach Kate's mom a barbecue sauce recipe. Uh, <laughs> Lisa has to send a postcard to her mother before she starts calling every day. Um, it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious that like they take this at face value because this sounds like such bullshit now. Like, I when we went interrailing in two thousand and three, I sent postcards home every couple of days um, because it was actually simpler than phoning. And like the thought of that now is like, was it the medieval period? Oh my god! But you could have been dead for a week before the postcards stopped coming. I know, and my folks apparently weren't perturbed by this. Jesus, if my like eighteen year olds go interrailing. I'll be like, put your location on. I need to know. I need to know what county you're in. Are you in Luxembourg yet? Are you in Texas? Where are you? Um, no, just. Uh, oh yes, the counties of Europe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, K 
County Madrid. <laughs> um, no, it, it, and yeah, my folks were like, oh, that was great. I'm glad you had a nice time. That was so nice getting those postcards. I was like, now I'm like, were you not terrified every second? I mean, I assume they were. When I was in Indonesia, I could only get internet or phone signal once a week. Mm. So I had to email and take a call from my parents that one precious day every week. And if I had missed any of those, like there would have been hell to pay. Oh yeah. (laughs) My parents would have just dropped dead from the stress like spontaneously. That's the problem with scheduling things. I'm told that like people who are in long-term travel try not to, um, or that it's it's a thing you can do because you're like, you don't want your parents to assume that you have died immediately if you don't, if you don't make it to the Tuesday night phone call. You want to give them a while to come around to the idea naturally. (laughs) I mean, you hope to not have like, not be lying dead in a ravine, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to plan for these things. Yes. So yes, Lisa has to send a proof of life to her mother back east. <laughs> With the um, today's newspaper headlines. <laughs> exactly. Kate is giving lariat lessons. Uh, Stevie rolls her eyes at all of these people for refusing to 4K. Um, <laughs> and out she goes saying that it, she doesn't mind doing it. It's better than mucking out stalls. And then they all chuckle about how unpleasant it is to muck out stalls, which means we have an acknowledgement that poop exists, which, as we know, is rare in these kind of series. Yes, that's true. Well, it's horse poop. Um, I, and I just think that horses can kind of do no wrong um, in this. Like, horse poop is a different substance from human or other omnivore. <laughs> or Yeah, even the dogs in Stony Brook don't, like, need cleaning up after. God, I bet Chewy produces, like, enormous... Like, <laughs> my parents are dog people and like literally they never go anywhere without poo bags if they're if they're at the cinema they've got like pockets stuffed full of them you know (laughs) it's just a habit (laughs) yeah the dogs of stony brook do not require bags or scooper or anything (laughs) stony brook is very weird um so stevie goes out and we cut to what the girls are actually doing while she's out of the way which is that they are planning a surprise birthday party. Dun, 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 which we obviously kind of spoiled already. Thoroughly spoiled. I'm sorry. I'm all out of <laughs> chronology. is all over the place, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I read this book in stages um, and I definitely forgot most of the names between like <laughs> the readings of it. Oh, I couldn't tell you what their names are unless I was looking at a page. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's two characters that own the ranch, and I don't know what they're called. Apparently Phyllis and Frank. That sounds like those, um, the kids in Degrassi who are doing, I'm Phyllis, I'm Fran. We're going south to get a man. Yes, that that has been going through my head all week as well. (laughs) (laughs) That inexplicable dance number that they're doing. (laughs) Yes, from the talent show. Uh... Sorry, listeners, I'm just not going to explain this reference. You either get it or you don't. (laughs) Go watch a ton of Degrassi. (laughs) You should do that anyway. Yeah, do that anyway. You won't learn anything, but (laughs) you'll get slightly more of our weird references. Oh my god, Esther, we should review a Degrassi episode at some point instead of a book. Maybe for Canada Day we can do a special episode. (gasps) (laughs) So yeah, they do some planning, uh, surprise party stuff is happening. They're going to bring a birthday cake out all the way. They're going to a place called Parsons Rock, uh, which stands out of the prairie like the Empire State Building, uh, which is 
you know, a reference that even these Easterners will get. Even Stacy would get that. I wonder if these Virginians might even say that it stands out like Lone Pine. <laughs> <laughs> or the Washington Monument. They do actually have pointy things in and around Virginia. Maybe Virginia is also like just the place where these books are set and not something that the writer knows anything about. <laughs> also possible. Um, so meanwhile, Stevie is out in the barn, I'm going to say barn with Eli, uh, forking the hay around and Eli <laughs> gives her a look of grudging respect because she's real good at shoveling hay. Eli is getting so much of his work done like for the low, low price of the occasional look of grudging respect. <laughs> All he has to do is like <laughs> very slightly compliment Stevie and be like, well, I guess you're not so bad for, for a dude from out east. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, tons of free labor. Like, he invented negging and he's just using it for, like, practical purposes rather than seduction. <laughs> Would this still work now? Or have we all been, like, poisoned by the, the whole pickup artist community that is... <laughs> they sold their secrets and now we know them and now we're not doing it anymore. But then again, I'm not a horse girl, so what do I know? Maybe you can still get horse girls to do things by saying, you're all right for a dude. <laughs> Well, if we ever meet a horse girl, we can try it and see if she'll do all our chores for us. I can ask Steffi about this, but I, I don't know if... I don't know how Irish horse girl society works, to be quite honest. I mean, I was going to say you could try and undermine her competence in a more general way, but like she's a nurse, so you know, I don't think she's going to fall for that. She's more competent than the three of us combined, and also <laughs> she would not appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just don't do that to nurses on a general level. <laughs> no, we salute our frontline heroes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's just stand up and applaud for a minute. <laughs> Maybe bang some pots and pans like it's 2020. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like it's the UK in 2020. We did not do that in Ireland. We just paid them. That was the thing we yeah. did. Yeah. I don't think we paid them very well. No. <laughs> we paid them something though. <laughs> so, yes, Eli... Um, Drip feeds Stevie a little bit of self-esteem by saying that he saw her riding on stew ball and that she did pretty well for a dude. <laughs> um, and then they sort of talk a little bit about their horse experience and about training dogs and whatnot. And then he's sort of making some porridge for horses and kind of zones out and then beckons Stevie off through a series of doors into a sort of back room of the barn which I didn't really know was a thing that barns had but apparently this one does. No they're supposed to have secret passages that lead to yeah, the main house. with a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of seems like he might be going to murder her to be honest. <laughs> yes. it, again it kind of reminds me of when that gardener brought Claudia into the garden shed and she was like oh my god he's going to kill me with garden tools but also he's cute so I'm not going to leave. <laughs> but it turns out it's fine. He just wants to show her some puppies. Um, no, uh, Claudia um, definitely was like, there's a strong murdery vibe off this shed. Stevie is kind of like, ooh, where are we going? What will happen in here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes, there's a, a secret stash of puppies because one of Eli's herding dogs, Caramel, Mel for short, uh I don't know why we had to be told that her full name was Caramel because she's only ever referred to as Mel after this. <laughs> You've got to know a government's, a dog's government name. It's important. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what if you have to bring them to the vet? Good point. How's the vet going to know? 
maybe Eli might have thought um, that these fancy Virginian folks thought everybody out in whatever direction they live um, has names that are only three letters long. We know it has to be West, okay? That's the one thing we do know. (laughs) Okay, sorry, yes, yes, West. But it could also be North, Northwest or South. Anyway, sorry. I won't quibble. (laughs) Why stop quibbling now? Oh, by the way, the territory of the North American beaver doesn't help us much. It's not <laughs> California, though. It's not California. Okay. Okay, very well, good. It was never California, because they're definitely not west of the Rockies. They're, I wasn't sure when you said the she was imagining the Rocky Mountains, whether they were the Rocky Mountains with a capital R and a capital M, or just some mountains <laughs> that happen to be rockier than others. I mean, most mountains are pretty rocky. No, it's the the specific rocky mountains. <laughs> well, it's a pretty dumb name for some mountains, given that all the mountains are rocky. Like that's very true. Yeah, I've always thought that. Like, no offense to America, your mountains are very nice. They're very big. They're very pretty. They're very snow covered, but they're very daunting to cross. But no, it's a stupid name for mountains. All mountains are rocky. We would um we if we in Ireland had any mountains we would definitely give them a better name. <laughs> Although I believe we do. We have mountains. They're just small and crap. We we have two mountains somewhere that are called like the Paps of Anya, which is like yeah, Anya's boobs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. Now that's a mountain name. <laughs> when you got two mountains next to each other and they're approximately the same size, you know what you're going to call them after. Yeah, there are mountains named after boobs in America, though. Mm. Mm. Tetons. It's the Grand Tetons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably said that wrong, but yes. Yeah. People love naming mountains after boobs because they are both vaguely sort of conical. Conical. <laughs> <laughs> vaguely conical. Vaguely conical is the. I mean, they're both vaguely conical. <laughs> Some of our, our mountains are less conical than others after, you know, <laughs> My mountains are less conical than they were, yes. Yeah. Some of our mountains have been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. The Appalachians have been around for, you know, several hundred million years. Really. <laughs> I know. All that erosion. <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, you didn't miss much while we were gone. <laughs> Fair enough. We were gone. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Fiak was contributing to the erosion of my mountains. <laughs> <laughs> He has an earnest agreement face on at the moment. Stevie is delighted with the puppies and she realises that this means that Eli trusts her and maybe she's not just a dude anymore. One of many moments when she realises maybe she's not just a dude. Yeah. (laughs) I know, like she keeps having that... That realisation again and again. She goes back and forth on her dudeness a lot. I guess, yeah. Like, they're probably better equipped to, like, pick things up quick than a lot of the other uh, guests at the ranch, because at least they already ride a lot or very comfortable around horses. They've just got to make some adjustments and tweak for, you know, and learn how to do some of the ranch stuff. But And also, the other guests are clearly mainly here to bone, and the <laughs> girls are, like, <laughs> fully focused on horses. It's all horses all the time. Oh, I thought there were a couple of families. I know yeah. there's at least one honeymooning couple. Which There's a honeymooning couple, and I think the others are just middle-aged couples. Okay. Ah, I thought there were families with kids as well. There were. No, like, I did say there was families with kids. Let's have an exhausting holiday away with our children and make it more exhausting by going somewhere where there's just a huge amount of exercise incorporated as part of the package. I mean, I guess maybe they're like, look, we will have to get up for breakfast at 6.30am, 
But if they make him muck out stables all day, he will... I know there's no specifically no stables, that's fine. Pitchfork hay all day, whatever. Yes. Then there is no way that he won't sleep at night. (laughs) Where the fucker's out, yes. Yeah. I mean, it is a real where the fucker's out holiday. Mm. The next morning, Stevie wakes up. uh, She's woken by the whistle again. She looks out at the mysterious equestrian outside. Um... She's weirdly creeped out by what she sees, which is like somebody minding their own business and riding a horse. Um, and when the other girls wake up, she tells them uh, that she saw an Indian. Um, speaking of which, Karen, do you want to summarize for us what you found out on terminology from the Smithsonian Museum of the American Indian website? Um, uh, basically, um, the term Native American is kind of still respectful, but is a bit dated now. Um, Indian seems okay, generally speaking, okay. and seems to be in pretty general use. Ideally, if you know <laughs> this specific tribal name, you should use that um, instead of kind of lumping people together under one uh, one heading. I don't think Bonnie Bryant knows what tribe this person is from. God, no. Oh, Lord, no. No, it is so unspecific. <laughs> so unspecific. <laughs> um, yeah, just I'm just imagining a time in which it was like, let's be just vague. <laughs> let's let's be as vague as possible and then we won't get in trouble. If you're as vague as possible, you don't have to do any research. I, we, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a Babysitter's Club book where a bare minimum of research was done and the author was specific and that was no better. Yeah, good point. So I'm not, I'm not exonerating this book at all. This book has some big problems. Yeah, the other one is just, it's going to be a different type of contrast. Yeah, so the girls do a bunch of wildly problematic speculation about why an Indian might be riding a horse. Um, they think that maybe the the man is studying the ancient family burial grounds or protecting an ancient Indian treasure or guarding a sacred hunting ground. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate gently intimates that this is bullshit but she doesn't really get into it with them i i died inside reading that yeah yeah i'm i am i i mean i will say that generally when they go off on these flights of fancy some other character is like no though yes um, which is good which is more than you get in babysitter's club yes and like lisa is fully engaged in that in this in this particular one um and then in the second time round when they they're like oh oh it's the mysterious indian again um lisa's like you guys though you know <laughs> so i guess it's good to see growth someone <laughs> is calling them, yeah yeah like that's yeah the the book is not the book doesn't really improve <laughs> They, there is at least an attempt to be like you can you can yeah i mean this an attempt was made you can see what they're going for they don't do it well but no. you can see what they were going for so then as they finish up their like protein fest breakfast uh <laughs> they make plans for the day again talk about uh the roundup then um they make up some like bullshit task to get rid of stevie where, oh yes, she has to go out and ask Eli what equipment they need to bring with them on the roundup. Oh yeah. And everyone else is going to stay behind and wash dishes together. Uh, so Stevie cheerfully goes out uh, bringing a piece of steak to give to the dog. Mm-hmm. 
and the others make more plans. Um, I'm delighted to see that they too are into making banners. They're going to make a big happy birthday banner yes, for Stevie. I have that <laughs> marked as well. Would approve. <laughs> <laughs> um, previously, actually, um, Stevie has referred to a doggy bag. Um, and Kate corrects her saying, oh, it's actually oh, a doggy bag. A little doggy bag. <laughs> I bet they don't. No, I'm sure they, they don't. don't. Are you, you're not going to wrap up your steak and bring it to a motherless calf. I that know, is right? very tasteless. That is a bone <laughs> That's <pack>. true. <laughs> Here's why you're motherless. Also, Although, what made me laugh was that they talked about a doggy yeah. bag at the ice cream parlor. And I'm like, that shit melts. Yeah, yeah no, that's like, a bag of milk. No freaks home a doggy bag full of, like... <laughs> full of melted ice cream uh, anyway my gross. response to that was I mean these days we would call it a doge bag much bag many, be- many melt wow <laughs> <laughs> that meme is from like 2015 guys yeah I think we just dated ourselves horribly <laughs> no no sorry 2013 anyway so Eli tells Stevie that she's going to need some spare socks um, and then says that she won't need to bring a bedroll because she's going to just stay up all night worrying about rattlesnakes anyway. Um, and she decides he's probably just trolling her, but actually it's some foreshadowing. Yeah, it's some that. foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they continue to bond over the puppies for a while and then she goes back in and Phyllis keeps sending her out with more bullshit questions for Eli about his dinner preferences. Like, do you want potatoes boiled or mashed? She's like... <laughs> Well, if you boil them, they can mash them after. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, we, we covered your the potato open. thing in great detail in the last episode. <laughs> I never, to be honest, it just occurred to me there. Oh, God. Um, yeah, they're they're doing that thing that allegedly people do to factory staff where when you're, like, trolling them. Glass hammers, left-handed screwdrivers, and stripy paint. Uh, send them, uh, I need to go and get a long stand. And then they make you wait outside the office for 40 minutes. There yeah. you go, there you go. When my dad started working as a barman, the the punters did try to haze him a bit by asking him for round squares. And <laughs> he panicked and came up with a bunch of snooker chalk, uh, which I think is a pretty good stab at round squares, oh, honestly. Yes. Yeah, okay. That That's is not bad. Absolutely round squares. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he earned their grudging respect after that. Oh, no. My dad was asked to go after a left-handed sweeping brush or something at one stage. And uh, he went, okay, and wandered off and went and hid in the storeroom, maybe went for a smoke and let the guy who had given him the instruction do the big job they had to do together by himself for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think he deserved it. Yeah. Like, um, so they go out on their roundup. Um, Eli gives them a bit more foreshadowing, saying that um, they need to ca- take care of the calves and keep an eye on the cows and make sure that the cows don't think they mean to hurt the calves. Then he rides his horse real fast and Stevie <laughs> takes this as a personal challenge. So she tries to ride Stewball real fast and Stewball goes for it and gives it his best shot and they do some horse riding. Uh, Stewball first off is like, no, don't be stupid. We're going to go this way, actually, not the way you want to go. And finds a gentler slope up to the same place so yes. so they can go faster because yeah. it's a gentler slope. It's, uh, the, the other horses are all like, oh my God, we're going to follow Eli. We're going to be so fast. And Stewball is like, no, we sure aren't. Stewball's <laughs> like, 
chill. I got this. Exactly. <laughs> so Stubal earns Stevie's grudging respect and Stevie earns Eli's grudging respect again. Also, the, the, the talk that Eli gives him at the start had me going like, uh, you know, I may be a snowflake, but this all sounds actually properly dangerous. Why have you sent so many minors to do this job? Yeah, like I wouldn't have kids. I mean, I would have let uh, adults, paying adults do it, but I wouldn't let kids do it. It's because they're the saddle club. They're horse crazy, you guys. They're fi- you couldn't stop them, basically. No. Sometimes a big old bull will get an idea that he ought to be in charge of the roundup. If that happens, you get out of the way. He's bigger than you. Probably smarter too. Me and the dog will show him the way. Like... Okay, bulls are basically the only thing, the only wildlife in Ireland that will kill you. <laughs> like, yeah, but we actually take bulls kind of seriously here. Yeah, but he's on the yeah. They're not wildlife, but yeah, he's they're, they're on horses Sorry, though. Yes. Like they, uh, the only um, <laughs> things that aren't humans uh, or cars. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> anyway, yes, this does not seem like suitable work for children. Uh, however competent and like organized in a club they are. But also the whole competitive horse riding thing where like he doubts her competence and she proves her competence and it's great and also liberating and exciting mm-hmm. is like straight out of a romance novel. Like, it really that is, is. is absolutely romance tropes. The reason I knew it was never going that way was that not, not enough was made of as she thought about how annoying and rude he was, like how how annoying and rude he was with his sparkling blue eyes. <laughs> his cinnamon orbs. Look, look at that irritating way he's standing sneering at me with his perfect face and his beautiful body. God, I hate his dimples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There was none of that in it. So I, I knew it was just going to be more, more wholesome. <laughs> All right. You're more perceptive than me. So the next morning, the girls get up real early. Uh, uh, because they want to spy on the Indian and find out what he's up to. Um, they speculate some more about what he might be doing. And yes, Lisa at this point has no time for Stevie's like wild theorizing. Stevie is doing some theorizing that as Lisa correctly points out, or I presume correctly, uh, she says, I read that book too, Lisa said. It took place more than a hundred years ago and it was fiction. And I was like, Anne would specify what book this was. I know, right? Oh, definitely. Did it win a new reward? Did it? Did it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also, I I love um, how unspecific this is. Um, and it could be like a hundred books, but the writer hasn't bothered to go find one. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. Bonnie, we love it. You research horses to death, but you're slipshod when it comes to young adult literature. <laughs> it's such a refreshing change. that. Yeah. So the writer turns up and brace yourselves, you guys. It turns out it's a girl after all. A girl riding a horse? I don't buy it. Not in this series. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out she is called Christine Lone Tree and her dog is called Tomahawk and her horse is called Arrow Mm -hmm. because this book has no subtlety whatsoever. Yeah. I was going to look, try and look up like, you know, who even used the word Tomahawk? Who used the, who uses the implement Tomahawk of the word Tomahawk? And then I was like, no, nobody writing this book put that thought into it. They didn't correlate that with the, um, (laughs) The habitats of beavers and rattlesnakes <laughs> no. and the Rocky Mountains. 
Or, like, no, quite clearly, somebody has done precisely zero research on any actual Native Americans whatsoever, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why should I bother, apparently? Fact-checking this would only make it worse. Fact-checking this would... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, we'll just roll with it. The girls cheerfully tell Christine all of the bullshit theories that they came up with, uh... And she's pretty offended. And it's like her being offended by their blatant, like, stereotyping uh, seems to somehow be conflated into, oh, they're being dudes. Yeah. As opposed Mm -hmm. to them being, like, rude, ignorant, and kind of racist. Uh... Yeah. Thank you for contributing, Fiek. It also establishes something that's going to just keep fucking happening, which is that, like, Mm -hmm. their feelings are centered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in situations that... So specifically involve Christine. I know, right? Like, even more Christine's I know this particular <laughs> conversation. Um, yeah. Christine had a sick feeling in the pit of her stomach. She realized that their dumb guesses about Christine's dawn riding had really hurt the girl's feelings, and she hadn't meant to do that at all. Like, poor Stevie. <laughs> what a funny girl, Lisa remarked. I guess we hurt her feelings. And I guess she hurt ours, Stevie grumbled. She sure has a lot of dumb ideas about dudes. And I guess we had a lot of dumb ideas about Indians, Carol reminded her. Mm-hmm. Yes, hurting your dude pride is definitely just as bad as racism. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the girls decided to set aside their uncomfortable memories of their meeting with Christine Lonetree and concentrate on the fun they just knew they were going to have on the long-awaited round roundup yeah oh my my god God. yeah no let's let's make sure nobody learns anything from this yeah definitely it's not like social embarrassment is there to fucking serve a purpose let's forget about the awful racism we just did and think about the fun we're going to have you guys let's not even acknowledge that what we just did was awful racism oh yeah in fact or let's not even bring it back to a level we can maybe understand and say let's not acknowledge that we were super rude yeah no 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah well she thought we were dudes so mm-hmm. all's fair in love and dude ranching you guys <laughs> so the girls ride out to like the far end of kate's property to find all the stock see i nearly said cows and then i remembered i'm not a dude you guys <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, you described tacking a horse as setting it up, though. You did, earlier. Actually, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I mean, she installed all the gear on the, on the horse. horse. Yeah, she applied it to the horse. She, she rigged the horse out. I don't know. I feel like tacking it is a subset of setting it up. Setting it up is all the different ways you set up whatever MacGuffin you're doing. Uh huh. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you use the correct word but with the wrong accessory words then you just sound like a dude i mean no literally tacking a horse up is putting the stuff on that you need to use the horse for anything mm. yeah that's setting it up yeah no 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 again tacking it up is the horse specific form of setting it up yeah i guess that's it. what i mean it's yeah, a subset yeah, I, of it. I can't emphasize enough how little experience and knowledge of horses i have i'm i'm I am a, the ultimate dude Aoife can um be our horse tack expert Yes, she's our Mallory. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Mallory doesn't know shit about this stuff. I think I was just as racist when I was 11, so okay. But that doesn't interfere with your horse knowledge. But I only had one sibling. 
And I never changed to being ginger at any stage. And I never, <laughs> I didn't get braces till my late 30s. All right. You're not very Mallory, but you are the one who knows a thing about horses. So I do know at least three things about horses, including the number of how many inches are in a hand and how many hands a horse has to be bef- uh, to be a horse and not a pony. What are those? A hand is four inches and okay. uh, f- af- 14 hands. It's after 14 hands, it's oh. not a pony anymore. Hand is four inches. Hmm. Yeah, hand is four inches. I feel like there's a dick joke to be made here, to be honest. But I just, I just can't <laughs> summon it. The I, there really is, isn't there? It's not spe- not a dick joke, but specifically a hand job joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a joke to be made there. Anyway. Oh, well, any t- time you're in the vicinity of four to six inches, there's a dick joke to be made. Anyway, sorry. Move <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... um. The girls talk about how baby calves are very cute and all baby animals are cute. And then Lisa just like throws some unsolicited shade at baby rhinoceroses and says that only a mother could love them. And like, yeah. I angrily Googled baby rhinoceroses and they are cute. So screw they you, Lisa. Cute. Yeah, they're yeah. adorable. I was like, no, I know I've seen them and they're still cute. Lisa lies. Yeah. What the hell? You take yeah. that back. Those rhinoceroses will be offended and sad. Maybe she has a rhinophobia. I think she does. I think that's the only possible explanation. The rhinophobia sounds like fear of noses. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's going to really hinder your progress in life. I'm sorry. Noses are everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. They're hard to avoid. Oh, they must have really loved loved COVID. Oh, yes. (laughs) She'd left the house for the first time in years. Face coverings everywhere. Thank God. (laughs) Okay. All right. If, If this was a movie, this is the point where the soundtrack music would sort of start all cheerful and westerny and then start to become a little bit ominous. There'd be a little bit of kind of low-pitched strings just in the background of the music. Um, there'd be a whistly noise that sounds maybe like an eagle if you're like, you know, really trying hard Oh, that to one noise that. that's actually a red-tailed hawk. Yes. movies all used for an eagle. Yes. <laughs> Because eagle noses are actually really crap, it turns out. <laughs> Don't sound impressive at all. Abba is not like, mm, yeah, let's use a better bird noise for this. <laughs> um, yeah, Eli gives them some actual advice that seems not applicable to anything that I ever would do in my life, but, you know, relevant. Um, mm-hmm. Where he tells them no one is to gallop up to the fucking herd or they might stampede. Yeah. Don't do the movie thing. Just come up real slow. I'm like, yes, this seems sensible, actually. Don't, like, don't try and, like, don't showboat here. <laughs> yes. This is useful stock knowledge. Uh, cattle stampedes <laughs> are scary and bad and we'll all die if those happen. So, yeah, don't facilitate a stampede. Mm-hmm. I will bear that in mind next time I see someone herding a bunch of dairy cows down the road into the next field in a country lane in Ireland. See that you do. All you're going to do is sit behind the wheel of your car going, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a montage of everyone like herding cattle and assisting calves Um there's a calf that gets tangled up in some grass, which just sounds like the least competent calf ever. Like, they have one job. <laughs> Mill around in the grass. Don't diss the poor calf. I feel they very... Aw. Yeah. It's very new at this. It's very, very new. It has one job, but no training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. 
And it needs to have a malady that can be instantly solved by a teenage girl. 12-year-old with a pen knife. And a pen knife. I do kind of love that she's like, obviously I have a knife with me. Marianne could never. Do you guys not have handbag pen knives? No. Is that legal? What if you need a knife? Uh, I just don't, generally. I live in a city. A <laughs> I live in a house. <laughs> I'm usually indoors. I know. I've, I've had pen knives since I was a kid. I still have the scar on my finger from the first day I had my first ever pen knife. I left it open on my bed and scooched my hand back along the bed sheets and sliced a tiny bit of the outside of my baby finger off. And I remember being like, this definitely needs a plaster. This definitely needs a plaster. And if I... I have to ask... I was about eight. or No, I was about nine or ten. I have to ask my mum for a plaster. I will have to tell her how I got this. <laughs> then I'm going to get into trouble. The knife will be taken away. For once, my parents just went with like natural consequences and were like, well, you won't do that again, will you? And I never have. <laughs> I've only injured myself in other ways. Um, yeah. Who hasn't? <laughs> this has been knife chat. It's, it's a break from linguistics chat. So, you know. Yeah. Fair. Also, sorry about the noisy baby. He's oh, that's fine. Don't worry about yelling it. at one of it. He's yelling at an overpriced wooden toy boat that I bought him, but he really likes it, so I think he's just very bougie. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the aesthetic. Yeah. So she rescues the first calf, and then um, she sees a German shepherd in the distance and wonders if it might be Tomahawk, but then thinks, nah, it's probably not Tomahawk. Why would it not be tomahawk because they offended christine with their racist ignorance yeah but like they haven't seen any other german shepherds around no they're like 50 million fucking miles from anything to be honest it's really unclear why christine is here because she doesn't live or work on the ranch she's just kind of turned up she's local and she's bored maybe I guess. Like, it's not like a farm here where there's, like, closed-in fields. So she's local, and there's some nice rides through the ranch's property, and no one's going to mind. You know what would spice this book up Mm -hmm. is just a very vague sense that um, Eli also um, has a grudging respect for Christine's abilities, and that they occasionally kind of nod to each other over a fence. Like, it would just be that level of interaction, though. Yes. (laughs) They literally never interact. At all. And just, yeah, no, they're not, they they have no, like, acknowledgement of each other's existence. No, they're the both book. too cool. Basically. Stevie is just so self-centered, though. <laughs> this whole book <laughs> revolves around Stevie and Stevie's feelings. And, like, anything could be going on in the background. That's a good point, actually. She's an unreliable <laughs> POV. The babysitters are at least aware of the undercurrents and the things happening in the rest of Stony Brook. Um, Sometimes. Like, I'm not sure they are. Like that aware they don't know anything about the orgies <laughs> all they know is it keeps that sweet babysitting money rolling in. <laughs> yeah they know they just don't care <laughs> so next the uh the soundtrack music swells and becomes yet more ominous mm-hmm. uh because stevie sees another calf in distress and this time he's got caught in a thorn bush but when she is about to get off her horse and rescue him she sees a rattlesnake. And here's a rattlesnake. <laughs> Stewball lets us all down. We were rooting for him, but 
he uh, disappoints us all by throwing Stevie to the ground and running. Yeah, it's a rattlesnake. He's a horse. He's being yeah. true to his instincts. Uh, I'm just busting his chops. It's okay. He's he's made the smart decision here. Throw off the dead weight and get out of here, Stubal. <laughs> You're smarter than Stevie. She's just a dude. Yes, Stubal is clever. Like, he's doing the right thing. Fuck that rider. I, I, just busting his non-existent balls. It's okay. Well, like, <laughs> I don't he, actually hold this against he him. He only did that in, in a, in a thing, case that was actually life and death, as opposed to just, yeah. he saw a shadow that was weird, which is what most horses are like, frankly. <laughs> All right. We absolve Stubal of all wrongdoing and malpractice. He's mm-hmm. a good horse. Um, He's a good boy. But yes, yeah, so Stevie is left on the ground, uh, sort of staring transfixed at the snake. And she then hears a dog growling uh, because it actually is Tomahawk after all. And Christine sort of pops up outside of Stevie's field of vision and advises her to like back away slowly and get out of the snake's range and leave it to Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. And then like... We're just going to go through this fast because it's pretty grim yeah. and kind of graphic. And um, yeah, the snake totally bites Tomahawk and he fully dies right there. Yep. Um, which mm-hmm. like I did not see coming. Yeah. Um, this this was a weird, gritty turn for this book to take. This would not happen in the Babysitter's Club. No. Yeah. Though apparently like like a, a, a whole horse dies in like it's like it's something caused by someone else like their posh girl rival who they hate um in in one of the earlier books like so apparently they do that in these is this cobalt yeah who is like carol's dog yeah i mean like christy's dog died and everything but like this was just very sudden and unexpected <laughs> yeah and i did not <laughs> expect it. christy's dog has the cushy death of a pampered city collie. <laughs> Christy's dog is a dude and dies a dude's death. <laughs> Put down by the vet. What a snowflake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Tomahawk doesn't have like a dance hit written by some German pop duo about him. <laughs> Tomahawk oh dies a manly death. Um, in Stevie's arms, even though, like, Christine is right the fuck there. What the fucking fuck is this scene? I know, what the hell? What the hell? This instantly becomes all about Stevie. She cradles Tomahawk as he breathes his last and babbles to him about how she's so thankful that he's dying in her place and it's fine. And Christine is like, and- oh, hey, yeah, my dog's dead. Yeah. Uh, cool. What's that theory about the like the concentric circles where when you are the person who's at the center of the drama or the suffering, you're allowed to complain to everybody outside yeah. and they should be, they're allowed to complain to everybody further out. So like your close yes. friends and family can complain to their friends. They're not supposed to push it back into the circle. <laughs> Fucking Stevie yes. is just like complaining to the bereaved dog's owner. Like, I'm so sad that your dog died. On me. like this. <laughs> In a manner which I caused. <laughs> yes. Like, this is absolutely something that happens to Stevie while Christine happens to be there. This is never I just <laughs> something that happens to Christine. No matter how clueless the reader of this book is about the general dynamics of the different people who are here, Mm-hmm. This has to come off as like, like, like the readers of middle grade novels have dogs, don't they? <laughs> this is bad pet odor etiquette. 
Christine's face was filled with the same deep sadness that Stevie felt. Christine didn't even like Stevie, but her dog has given up his life for hers. Like, I'm kind of surprised Christine doesn't just beat Stevie's ass at this point. I can see if you have just had a brush with death, you being not the most considerate person in the world, but also you, Christine could slap her face. Yes. <laughs> no, nobody would have judged. No, yeah. She doesn't have to be fucking stoic. I tried to write it, read it that like maybe Stevie was like, I'm so sorry. She doesn't apologize. No. But she should. I mean, it's not her fault per se in that she didn't cause the rattlesnake to be there. But mm. yeah, Christine's dog died to save her. Yeah. Like she should feel guilty. Responsible. I'm so sorry your dog died would not go amiss here. Yeah. Even <laughs> it's real like um minor car accident etiquette. <laughs> like, well, I'm not going to admit fault here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to come back to haunt me. I thought that that's what I'm so sad that your dog died was supposed might be interpretable if you're being charitable as being. Then she tells Christine exactly what spot she should bury the dog. And Christine is like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what the fuck? Shut up, white girl. Yeah. And I then can't... she gives a fucking eulogy for the dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, look, if... I can understand, right, if the dog had died to save your life and you knew that the owner of the dog was okay with you giving a eulogy for the dog, that you'd be like, look, this dog died to save my life. What a special, amazing dog. I literally wouldn't be here. I would be dead if it wasn't for him. I, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss, Christine. This should mean a lot to everyone here because, sure, dog died to save a life. Wow. Yeah. But, like, Christine doesn't ask her to do that. No. She doesn't check it with Christine. She just gives a speech. Yeah. She says, oh, I think um, one of the other wranglers will have a shovel. Let's go bury your dog. And Christine's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. Okay. Um, instead of saying, fuck you, I'm taking my dog home and deciding later. Um, yeah. yeah like, the polite thing to do would be to show up at the back of the crowd at the funeral, suitably black, wearing maybe an, an armband. You know, <laughs> and if you are invited to come forward, then you do. You don't say the fucking... <laughs> yeah, don't throw the funeral yourself. Yes, um, the same day. It's like half an hour later. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a decent amount of time to wait for a dog? I mean, we had basically the length of the drive home from the vet, plus my dad telling us that he had just brought the dog to the vet to be put down. Thanks, dad, for telling us after the fact. Uh, we didn't even know he was sick. Oh no. Um, plus however long it took my dad to dig a hole. We haven't had funerals for our two cats, but we did go down the cremation route, which is kind of a, a way of putting off having a funeral forever. I don't actually recommend having a funeral for your pet if you live in a suburban garden. I recommend getting the vet to cremate them. Um, but we had a field and there is a back corner of it where archaeologists are going to be like, was it normal to do concrete tombstones for animals? Because <laughs> there's lots of little <laughs> concrete tombstones for animals. Dad would just mix up a bit of cement and we'd like, write R.I.P. Fella the Hamster or whatever in it. Aww. 1993. <laughs> wow, that'll be very informative for future archaeologists. I think every burial practice, every funerary practice is like normal for like yeah, it's her. our generation. Like some people we like crush into diamonds and fire into space because we're fucking weird and we have technology. 
Cool. Not not pets. Actually, probably some pets. I won't leave my body to science. I think I've done it, but I might need to. Yeah, I want to double check. You, you, anything you do, you have to make sure your um, nearest and dearest are on board for it, because otherwise they can put the kibosh. Rick knows. Rick knows. And when we eventually do, do we'll, we'll uh... you're gonna, you might outlive him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll tell whoever is likely to be dealing with my will. But like yeah. right now. <laughs> It's fine that Rick knows, okay? He's still alive. Yes, true, true, true. <laughs> that I want to leave my body right. to science. Yeah. yeah, he knows. It's fun. Okay. It's going to be in the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, it's in the podcast now. Yeah, everyone everyone knows. will know. All of our listeners will know. <laughs> if your body doesn't turn up in a teaching hospital, our fans will turn up in protest. <laughs> you basically, um, I, I basically just went to, to where we went to college and was like, they have it on their website. Oh. I googled it and like yeah universities have it on their website you're like okay you I think I didn't do it because I was renting at the time and they were like we need to know your address for when you're dead and I'm like I don't know where I'm going to be living when I'm dead I'm renting Um, but yeah that is a good um, philosophical conundrum where will I be living when I'm dead also I'm just saying that place we went to college where they're not getting my fucking corpse I think that's that's fair I I might look elsewhere now but I think all academic institutions are going to be broadly similar yes (laughs) I just feel like mine have got their pound of flesh already. <laughs> it's something different when you leave it to your employer. That's fair. I just dust my way through an arts degree, okay? That's fair. Guys, can we get back to this dead dog? I guess we need to get back to the dead dog. No, no, we need to talk about estate planning, Esther. Um, okay, can we actually briefly talk about the fucking language that they use to describe... Sorry, maybe this is too triggering. It's just, it's really problematic to say that the dog and the snake looking at each other are like, it was like a primitive dance acted out between ancient enemies. I don't think it was, because they are animals. They're not yes. actually talking about Christine here. I I think it's an uncomfortable... No, I see what you mean, though, yeah. They, it, like You're only invoking a primitive dance because there's Indians in this book. No, that's actually true. And also, that word primitive is used multiple times in relation to pottery yeah. produced yeah. by Indian people in this book. Yeah. yeah. And, sorry, by Indians in this book. Yes, not Indian people. Yeah, anyway, the... Oh... The scene with the dog and the snake is, it's not good. Okay, I won't even bring that up again. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. There is only one reason they're using the word primitive there. Yeah. yeah. Even if it could be used fairly to describe the ancient sort of dog versus snake, which I don't think is an ancient thing. I think you're thinking of mongooses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess it's the ancient thing of mammal versus snake, but whatever. Yeah. It's just bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Yes. Yeah, they wouldn't have said primitive if there wasn't an Indian, if there wasn't an, an Indian in the scene yeah. exactly. Yeah. Then they go uh, to bury Tomahawk in a spot of Stevie's choosing, and mm. they it's- reflect on how um, they won't really be missed at the roundup because actually it'll probably go better without the dudes getting in the way. Stevie thinks about how Eli judged them all for being dudes, and. Christine is like, sorry, I also judged you for being dudes. Why are you apologizing at your dog's funeral? <laughs> like, no, yeah. your dog is dead. And also you didn't think they were dudes. You thought they were ignorant racists, which they were. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That doesn't merit an apology. Yes, nobody says, yeah. sorry that I got your dog killed and was racist to you. <laughs> <laughs> then Stevie 
reflects on how it's okay that Tomahawk got fridged because now it's brought them together and they've really bonded. Uh, Tomahawk's death is signaling a birth of friendship between the Saddle Club and Christine Lone Tree. Fucking fuck, fuck. They're just fully like overtly being like, it's okay because it moved the plot along and we got character development out of this. So we salute you, Tomahawk. It's so bad. I mean, I didn't even cry. Like, I'm a sucker for a dead dog. I cry every time. And I, like, cry at everything these days. And I didn't cry at Tomahawk dying. I was very sad about Tomahawk dying, but my feelings quickly switched to anger at all of this. Yeah. Then they talk about how horses are different from each other, but they're really all horses. And it's just like that with people. And racism is bad, you guys. But you still don't need to apologize for it or acknowledge it in any meaningful way. Yay! Are these books like, okay, let's write for a super racist population and just like put a little wedge in there. Like some (laughs) ideas that are just packaged in a manner that's really easy to swallow for people that are not intentionally racist, but think they aren't (laughs) and actually really are. (laughs) I mean, in other words, that that's what passed for woke in the early 90s that's just yeah. like jesse and you know it's like that's just there was an attempt yeah we, the people writing jesse <laughs> yeah that's what yes. i meant like jesse's storyline jesse's storyline like yeah no that's that's what we all grew up with thinking was like enlightened when the grave was finished christine and stevie placed the dog in it then they looked awkwardly at each other wondering if they should say a prayer stevie answered the question for them then Stevie does a eulogy. Um, it's excruciating. Uh, and Christine decides that they've all been so nice about this that she's going to reward them by taking them out bareback riding at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> I would like to think as a punishment, maybe it didn't need to be 4.30. Maybe it could have been 7.30. <laughs> she's like, Also, I'm like, I'm still like, why did she just be like that rider's bareback? It can only be an Indian. And then it, w- it was, but like... I yeah. like come on no no none of that made sense maybe it's a really eccentric hippie lady who's growing her own weed and is also a fiber artist yes like <laughs> you know that's just as likely it would definitely have been an option I mean they are potentially in New Mexico I'm pretty sure that's what happens there yeah <laughs> she's the only Biden voter in this whole town also and like oh my god Eli is a red cap and also um <laughs> Like, when they're talking about the bareback riding, I'm pretty sure that, like, Christine would have had a blanket. She wouldn't have been just yeah. riding the horse with nothing. Yeah. Maybe she was, but still. Anyway. Who knows? Not us. Not Bonnie Bryant. Not Bonnie Bryant. They also say that they were taught a little bit of bareback riding in the fucking fancy lady horse school yes. in Virginia. Yeah, no, you... You learn, like, it's it's not that weird to learn to ride bareback. It's not, like, what you would do by default, necessarily. But you don't, like, yeah, but, like, it's not like, oh, my God, that must be. And it, like, only. She just makes a wild logical leap that the narrative very frustratingly bears out. Yes, basically, yeah. Yeah, that's the worst part of it, is that, like, all of their assumptions are basically rewarded. So Tomahawk is safely buried and Thank God. everyone has ignored Christine's feelings and they get back to the business of doing stuff with cattle. Uh, we get another calf in peril rescued by Stevie. She sings to a calf and she reflects that either he likes her singing or her singing sounds like a cow mooing, which 
made me laugh. Yeah, I thought that was a good line. That night she lies in the dark and thinks sadly about Tomahawk's death and then the fact that they have a bunch of puppies back at the ranch. And then she thinks maybe a puppy could replace Tomahawk, but no, a puppy could never replace Tomahawk. This is the first of several occasions on which somebody thinks about those puppies and then goes, <laughs> but it's really important to allow people time to grieve and not to try to replace them. Yeah, I know. And yeah, and then they're like, but what about those <laughs> puppies though? But we're still giving you a puppy, but actually it's not to replace Tomahawk. This is a different dog. <laughs> <laughs> You shouldn't call him Tomahawk or anything. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, it'd be like someone being like, but I know your husband is dead, but I'm going to date you now because I'm a different person. I'm not replacing him. I'm a different human male. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not going to put on a mask that looks like his face. <laughs> that I printed off on my, like, my inkjet printer. <laughs> it's not going to be creepy at all. Um, yeah. I definitely was told by, um, sympathetically, by a friend of mine who was tired of hearing me moan about my ex-boyfriend that the best way to get over one guy is get under another one. I don't know if the same thing applies to dogs. <laughs> I don't think you should get under a dog. And I, I, I also think that like the whole point of the getting under another one is the famed rebound, not like the commitment that is a yes. new dog. <laughs> yes, no. Men come and go, but you know, a dog is a, is not just for Christmas. A dog is for life. <laughs> oh dear. So the next morning they get back to the ranch and they blow Stevie off again. She wants to go out horse riding some more and everyone is like, nope, not going <laughs> to do that. So she irately goes out on a solo ride and they do more surprise party prep. They should have told her they were mad at her because she killed someone's dog yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would be unbelievable, but yeah. They're already being kind of mean to her about the whole birthday thing. Yeah. Like, why not just destroy her? They really are. I hate that. I hate reading it. <laughs> so the next morning, uh, Christine turns up and like, yeah, it upsets me so much how much she's putting herself out for these randos that killed her dog. <laughs> I know. Like, is she actually going to murder them? <laughs> that would at least be narratively satisfying. Yes. So she takes them out bareback horse riding and there's a lot of like scenery and stuff. Um, I will say that Bonnie Bryant is a bit more ambitious in her writing in that she does a lot of like scenery and describing the sights and sounds yeah. of being out in West Dakota and stuff like that in a way that Anne does not it's, bother. It's what you get there instead of uh, babysitting shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they go around to Christine's house and... Um, Stevie hadn't known what to expect, but whatever it was, the Lone Tree House wasn't it. They lived in a modern ranch house. It also turns out that they have a microwave inside you guys. So like, <laughs> it's fine. You don't need to stress about the fact that like ethnic people might have different ways of life or anything. They basically live in like the suburbs of West Dakota. I think a microwave was a signifier of modernity <laughs> in a way that like... We didn't have our first microwave until after this book was published. We never had a microwave because my parents were afraid of radiation. Oh, bless. <laughs> do you have a microwave now? <laughs> yes, I do have a microwave now. Ah. It was in the apartment when we bought it. <laughs> Legit. But if if I need to do any complicated microwaving, I still have to get my husband to do it because I, <laughs> I, nobody taught me to use a microwave growing up. What is complicated? There is no complicated microwaving. 
Like anything like, that's complicated in microwaving is like just don't use a microwave for it. If, if it's more complicated than heating up the hot pillow or like putting some food in there for 30 seconds, I basically make him do it. It's never more complicated. It can only be for a longer period. Ooh, um, I'm picturing those um, incredible 80s videos of how to microwave like whole chickens and things that they used to make. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about. Ew. <laughs> you need like eight and a half minutes on medium. Do you do stovetop popcorn? No. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> I've never, I don't even know. So microwave popcorn, you always end up with like burnt paper setting off the smoke alarm. No, McDee's microwave in the popcorn wrong. No, he makes excellent stovetop popcorn, so I don't care. No, that's fair. But like, if you're ready to go put burnt paper setting the alarm off, you whoever did that is doing popcorn wrong. I mean, it does remind me of the traditional recipe for cooking a baked potato in the microwave, which is to microwave the baked potato, microwave the potato until it explodes. Yeah. And the next time, don't microwave it for as long. Yeah. So maybe that's how he developed his popcorn skills but yeah okay i guess some stovetop it's so much extra work though i don't know what to tell you (laughs) i just don't really like microwave popcorn okay okay it's fair it's fair that was the only thing i could think of that would be like very obviously like the the microwave version is the way to go and i was like literally the only thing so i think your choice is probably correct anyway they go into um the lone tree's house which is very modern and decorated in its in a distinctly southwestern style, which is the closest we get to any kind of geographical specifics in this book. I it did have me wondering though, maybe they that's just the style that they like. I mean that's also possible. We have no idea about but these we people. Do have the pop the, the range of the southwestern diamondback rattlesnake. <laughs> True. Like it's not going to be the eastern diamondback rattlesnake because they did come east from Virginia, the southeastern. It's they would have to be in like Florida or Alabama, and no, no, that does not appear that to be where they. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not what they are. Um, that southwest is where that that basically is. So yeah, all right. I didn't look up a Wikipedia article on this for nothing, you know. <laughs> no, you're right. You're keeping us on track. <laughs> it's definitely more research than the author put into West Dakota. Karen, while you were looking into like, how do Native Americans prefer to be referred to? I was looking up the population range of snakes. So yeah, they continue to erase um, the Lone Tree's feelings about this whole thing. um, Mm -hmm. Where Mrs. Lone Tree thanks the girls for being nice to Christine when they got her dog killed. Mm Mm-hmm the fuck and then mrs lone tree says well he was a wonderful dog now are you hungry i hope so because i've made an awful lot of food for you did this dog just eat all their furniture (laughs) (laughs) he was a lovely dog (laughs) but um like we had a whole extension that we just had to knock down (laughs) (laughs) mrs lone tree is not broken up about the loss of tomahawk no she isn't she isn't she's like she's sad for christine and she's she's moved on (laughs) yeah she's barely even sad for christine she's just like oh christine is having half an emotion about the tragic death of her dog but like i'm really sorry that happened to you stevie Uh (sighs) so yes she tells him that she teaches modern European and Russian history as her main job, but also she likes to make pottery. We get another throwing pots joke, which is yet another Babysitter's Club parallel. Oh, yeah. Um, 
she makes sophisticated, high quality work, uh, for her own like artistic practice. And then also makes quote primitive bowls to sell to like stupid tourists. I can't tell whether that's offensive or like, okay, yeah. 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 Me neither. (laughs) I think it's mostly offensive to the tourists. So that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. They they can handle it. (laughs) So anyway, yes. When Christine is out of the room again, um, her mother talks about how she's been trying to replace Tomahawk by getting a new puppy. And Carol, who, as we know, has had a horse bereavement in the past, um, goes all like dark and somber and says, you can't replace an animal that's died. One day, Christine will move on and find she can love another dog, but that dog won't replace Tomahawk. And Mrs. Lone Tree is like, Wow, tween that I just met, you are so wise. Thank you for explaining the grieving process to me. It's, you're very wise, Carol. I'm just like, ah, now. <laughs> Obviously, the girls of the Saddle Club are the only people who know what it is to grieve a beloved animal. And these people who live in the countryside and work with animals definitely couldn't understand any of this. They need the Saddle Club to teach them how to grieve. And that definitely a new puppy can't replace Tomahawk, you guys. Absolutely not. Multiple people have said this now. Including the person who knows uh, who knows uh, Caroline the best. Just just situate your knowledge, Carol. Just like just be like, so when I had a bereavement last year with my beloved horse, here's here's how I feel about it. <laughs> Would be so, so much more useful in this circumstance. Be specific here instead of just being like, no, you may not get a new puppy, which is also every every book that has a the fucking death of a beloved pet in it. Literally every middle grade novel has like, we'll never replace him. But we did get a new puppy though. And yeah, I know, so right? <laughs> yeah. Shannon. Hey, dog Shannon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, dog Shannon is default Shannon. Human Shannon yes, is human, human Shannon. Shannon. It's like Nigel the cat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Nigel the cat, yes. Sorry. Human Nigel so, hates it. They tell Christine... That uh, they're going for a casual, non-birthday-related picnic tomorrow at Parsons Rock, and she can totally come along as well. And Stevie thinks churlish thoughts about how annoyed she is that they're having a picnic on her birthday, and she's going to have to eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on her birthday while her brother is having a swanky barbecue back home. <laughs> Stevie is... I'm glad she's keeping these thoughts inside. Yeah, she's better than Christy. Yeah, yeah, Christy would be absolutely externalizing all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, they're riding around in the country. Carol is leading them and is leading them around in circles. Stevie is getting angrier and angrier. Uh, Lisa is singing songs about the tumbling tumbleweed. And Stevie is becoming irate at her terrible singing. I think my mom used to sing that song to annoy me as well. So I can relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> it's its only purpose. They uh, eventually go towards Parsons Rock instead of going around in endless circles. And... There's a surprise party. Stevie is so surprised that even after they see a bunch of decorations, she's like, what's going on? Then everyone jumps out and says, surprise. And she says, I don't believe this. Is this really for me? They made a banner with her name on it. (laughs) I think it's for you, Stevie. (laughs) Are there some other Stevies here? We're celebrating Stevie Nicks' birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's that you say, Stevie? It's your birthday too? Why didn't you say so? Then they, uh, yeah, thankfully, like, slagged Stevie off for how many times she's casually mentioned her birthday in the past (laughs) few days, because apparently she's done it a lot. And guess what? Eli came to the party too. And he shakes hands with her because 
he's not a creep. Yay! I think Eli's going to come to anything where there's food. Uh, yeah, actually, and I probably. don't. I don't criticize him for that. I think. Yeah, just imagine how many calories an eighteen-year-old boy ranch hand burns. <laughs> All the calories. Yeah, he needs this birthday cake. Yeah, <laughs> it's medicinal birthday cake. She opens presents, which are obviously all horse riding related. She gets a red Western bandana to keep the dust off her face. And for rubbing bags. Some riding gloves and a secondhand dressage whip from Kate. Um, Because apparently Kate doesn't do dressage anymore. So (laughs) there's some nuance here that means nothing to us. (laughs) I think Kate came east... And did your fancy English riding for a while and then uh, w- then went back to the other direction. Well, I think it specifically says that Kate's dad, that Kate, Kate had been an Easterner, but Kate's dad was, was in the Marines with Carl's dad. And then he okay. he retired to fulfill his dream of running a dude ranch. She's still only 14. How long has this ranch existed? How, like, how, how many pasts can she have? <laughs> Yes, it's a bit weird to be a retired dressage er and whatever tween age there. Yeah, I mean, I think she, she was just eight. was like winning dressage championships and stuff, and now she's out in the middle of nowhere and there's no dressage championships anymore. Okay. Also possible. Anyway, she offloads her unwanted dressage whip on Stevie, and Stevie's happy to get it, so everyone wins. Um, Eli gives her a tooled leather belt with a silver and turquoise buckle. Uh, which he promises is not the kind of thing a dude would wear. Exactly the sort of thing a dude would wear. Yeah. There there was a shop in town in Dublin on Talbot Street, which then I forget the name of it, but it sold leather trousers and oh, yeah, kind of general cap. Was it Mr. Gear? Yeah. That, that was called? Um, and that's the kind of belt that they would sell there. Oh, yeah. Um, and the kind <laughs> of people who buy leather pants in the middle of Dublin. Like, they also sold those t-shirts that had wolves on them. Yes. I, I I think certain people that we know bought like key elements of their wardrobe there and were quite sad when it went away. And also it probably like served some fetish communities that like were also very sad when it went away. I dated a guy who wanted who thought that the way to to, to win my heart was to just pretend to be Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It was one of the many reasons I dumped him. I dumped him before he bleached his hair, thank God. Um, (laughs) But he absolutely bought his leather duster there. Oh, yes. Dusters were big, like, at that point in time. It was like, just because I think Spike is a sexy character doesn't mean I want to date him, Jesus. (laughs) You have teeth now, you can't do that. Anyway, if you wanted a belt of this description in Dublin, you would probably get it, Mr. Gear, maybe. Oh, you 100% would, yeah. Maybe Eli's actually been travelling. <laughs> Stevie believes him anyway and decides that this means she's officially no longer a dude yet again. Like, this is about the 15th time she's no longer been a dude. <laughs> maybe when she goes back to Virginia, she can actually stop being a dude. <laughs> she just be a horse girl. <laughs> a horse girl. Um, then... Christine gives her a clay figurine of tomahawk made by her mother, which Christine is clear that they have two of them. Still. But I still think this is really fucked up. <laughs> I want you to never forget that you killed my dog. <laughs> I would love to think that that's why Christine is giving it to her, like that this is an <laughs> emblem of her guilt and that it will make Stevie feel sad whenever she looks on it. But clearly we're supposed to think that like they both love tomahawk equally. 
And mm-hmm. now Tomahawk is kind of Stevie's dead dog too. Like, I understand Stevie, like, it being, Tomahawk being very significant to Stevie because he did literally save her life, but... I don't see why Christine would feel the same way. Yeah, like, no. Here's, no. Here's a statue of that dog of mine that you got killed. You yeah. should be repentant and they should be resentful. Mm-hmm. Like that's, They should be giving her presents. Yes. Like, you should be like, how can I make this up to you? And she'd be like, you can never make it up to me. You can't. You can't just replace my dog with <laughs> an adorable puppy. I mean, I still do want the puppy, but fuck you. You can't replace my dog with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tomahawk is still dead, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I don't love this puppy at all. I'm just going to take it home now and let it sleep in my bed. <laughs> I mean, that was literally how David Michael reacted to Shannon. Yes, exactly. Um, that was more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the other thing I think this book is trying to do is, you know the way Tomahawk meets her in the crowd during the the Ersatz bank robbery? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's meant to be like a, they have an instant connection. Yeah. Even though she's a dude and he's a, a bona fide Indian dog, you know, maybe she's not a dude. Because this dog has chosen her. It's just yeah. like, fuck all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, could not agree more. That afternoon, Stevie goes off somewhere on a mysterious errand. And Eli is also off on a mysterious errand. And uh, they wonder about what they could be up to, but don't speculate that they might be anywhere together. And they definitely don't speculate that there's a romance between them because these books aren't like that. Thank God. Um, they can't be having a romance in the cellar. <laughs> like, that's a that's a gritty novel about West Dakota. <laughs> they can't be having romance. They are far too busy riding horses. Yes. I mean, which like sort of epitomizes the horse girl experience. Mm. Absolutely. Although apparently I I got this from one of the Wikipedia articles. Stevie goes on to become the first member of the Saddle Club to have a steady boyfriend. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a lot, mm. but. Anyway, they talk about what a great trip they've had and how great the surprise was and how many Anvilicious hints Stevie dropped about her birthday <laughs> and how mean everyone was to her in the lead up to the surprise <laughs> yeah. party. And they were all like, oh, well, you never shut up about your birthday, so... We threw your barbecue, just keep happy. The next morning, they're getting ready to go. But first of all, Stevie pops out to the barn and borrows a puppy. What could it be for? Because it's definitely not to replace Tomahawk, because a new puppy couldn't possibly replace Tomahawk, you guys. You can't possibly do that. She selects a particular puppy on the basis of cuteness and its resemblance to Stewball, who I, I keep thinking his name is Screwball because that makes more sense. <laughs> but like, yeah, she gets one that looks like Stewball, which is a horse that Christine has never personally interacted with or ridden and has no particular personal bond with. But mm-hmm. but he's clearly special. Oh, he's kind of the reason <laughs> that her dog got, got killed. killed. Actually, but yeah, because he threw Stevie. Off. Yeah, if he hadn't thrown Stevie off and just legged it. away from the rattlesnake then none of that would have happened oh boy so stevie selects the worst possible puppy (laughs) and um goes and takes him back to the bunkhouse uh where they have also invited christine to come out and say goodbye so they hang out um and stevie says that the puppy is for christine and christine says but this puppy can't replace tomahawk (laughs) 
in case you hadn't noticed the several other times that we said this. And Stevie says, I know, he can't replace Tomahawk, but you should take him anyway, because it's still good to get a puppy at the end of a book where the dog dies. This is just where the story is going. Please accept mm-hmm. it, Christine. Yeah. And Christine accepts it. Imagine how weird it would be if they got a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a way, that would be better because it would be like, no, I'm really not trying to replace Tomahawk. Yes. But have you considered cats? Or like, oh, thank you for this puppy, but I already got like um, a fish tank. Do you want to come and look at my fish? <laughs> Look how great they are. And you'd be like, oh, my, my gift is a real anticlimax now. <laughs> yeah, fish aren't a pet. They're just an ecosystem you have to maintain. They're a great way to learn about death. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's going to be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut that because I don't want fish fandom to come for us. Oh, like, I'm like basing this on people who have fish. Yes. I, I mean, I'm not. we're not saying you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're just saying that like fish... Fans might not like to be reminded of it. I mean, no, but they're they're all very hardened to it because their fish constantly die. <laughs> like you don't get, you don't keep fish if it upsets you that they die. They die a lot. <laughs> okay, so the the puppy is not a replacement, and yet it is, and yet it absolutely is. So they ply Christine with steak, and she resolves to name the puppy Dude, so that he will always remind her of these girls. But like. Mm-hmm. He's always going to remind her of them anyway, because she's going to look at him and be like, that's not Tomahawk. Tomahawk is dead because of these fucking idiots. <laughs> so <It's> Fucking bleak. <laughs> yeah. But Good true. luck with that, Christine. Bleak but <sighs> So we cut to the girls uh, flying back east. They're in a montage of interchangeable airports. Um, then they, they reflect that the trip itself is a way for them to make the long and difficult transition from ranch life to suburban Virginia. And I just feel like Bonnie is a bit too pleased with herself for having come up with this metaphor. Also, it's going to be kind of a rude awakening because they were like, we're going to, or at least Stevie is dressed in full cowboy Cowboy West Dakota and cowboy gear, bandana and everything. And she is going to look a little bit, she's going to stick out a bit. Probably, yeah. When she it's gets not to really Virginia. the vibe in Dulles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. So they get on their last flight back to Washington D.C. and they reflect that the Saddle Club is split up now because Kate's way out west and they're in the east. And Carol says that Kate is just the western division of the Saddle Club and they're the Virginia branch, mm-hmm. which is very reminiscent of Stacy being the New York branch of the Babysitters Club. <laughs> yeah. And then they decide. First, that maybe they'll make the Saddle Club a worldwide operation with international branches. And then they decide, actually, that's not. Two branches is fine. Well, I think they're like, well, I mean, we don't actually have any plans to travel internationally, so. (laughs) I kind of wondered if that was like, is there an appetite for Saddle Club books set in London? (laughs) Or, you know, Sydney? (laughs) Because, to be honest, they can only get up to so many horse-related hijinks at home. I have to say... Genuinely, other than the difference between English and Western riding, horse-related horse-related hijinks are like really similar. No matter what continent the book is set on, I read a lot of horse stories as a kid. That's what I was thinking, and then I thought it might be a like I thought it might be a failure of my imagination. Like, no, 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 you just don't know anything about this. But like, yeah, no, I'm glad to have that confirmed. You can. There's just 
so many things. What if they went to Mongolia? Come on, you would read the fuck out of them going to Mongolia. That, that, yeah, no, I never read a horse story set in Mongolia. That's very true. It's all like white people horse stories for the most part. I even read a short story or an extract from a novel or something in, in a, uh, uh, what's the word? It's not a conglomeration. A macelle. Anthology? A, a thank you, an anthology. <laughs> I'm tired and I've been drinking. Um, in an anthology I had where it was like set out in the Pampas in Argentina. It was a horse story. It was pretty funky. But yeah, mostly like horse stories I've read have been set like either in in the home counties in Scotland, in somewhere in Ireland, in Wyoming. It, yeah, and they're all basically the same. The Wyoming style, the ranch style ones have a bit more of the kind of like we're going out camping for four days that you get in this one. And a bit less. The Gymkhana is tomorrow. Mallory would fight you for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The girls going off to learn mounted archery in Mongolia would be great. But That would yeah. be amazing. <laughs> we should ask Bonnie Bright to do her like a re- re- the, yeah, a reboot. Is Bonnie Bright alive? <laughs> Hello. I think so, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get her on Twitter. Hey, do you want to do a reboot where they go to Mongolia? <laughs> She'd have a book in her. Yeah. Although, do, do you want one with as little research into the Mongolians as there is into Christine here? Well, it's 2023. She has access to Google now. She so, does yeah. have access to Google now. It will be fine. She could get a sensitivity reader. And she clearly shows she's capable of doing research because she learned about how horses and horse riding work. <laughs> Uh, unlike Anna Martin, who was like, boats look like they did when I drew them when I was seven, right? Close enough. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so they're on the plane and they decide that they want to get another saddle club pin and give it to Christine. Please stick a buck and do after killing her dog. But also, do you want to join the club that killed your dog? To be fair, it was only one member of the club that killed her dog. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, a really important distinction to make. There. Hashtag not all saddle club members. <laughs> this just raises the same question to me that I've had in like four of my notes on this, which is, has anyone asked Christine? <laughs> Nobody has ever asked Christine anything. Nobody knows what tribe Christine and her family are a part of. Nope. Like, nope. that hasn't come up. Um they none of the dog's funeral arrangements were okayed by Christine. Nope. <sighs> um, nobody knows why she's always hanging around on Kate's family's property, and yet Kate has never heard of her or seen her before. Uh, yeah, they just kind of assume she's there to provide local color. Yeah, basically, yes. <laughs> I assume that is because she only goes onto that landed property usually when she rides at four thirty a.m. and. Stevie's the only person to have ever been welcomed by her whistling. Yeah, I was wondering if there's an even dumber reason um, and that it's the Tomahawk's um, astral plane connection to Stevie has drawn him <laughs> to the farm. Okay, I like it. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that makes sense. Nobody has asked Christine how she's getting on with her like tragic bereavement and grieving or anything. Mm-hmm. No, one's ever, no one has asked, actually said, how are you doing with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can and I can see why they wouldn't want to bring that up. <laughs> okay, so anyway, nobody asks Christine anything. Um, it doesn't matter. They're, they've left West Dakota, and um, the most important thing is that they earned Eli's grudging respect. Yeah. Yep. 
the end. And therefore are officially no longer dudes. Oh my god. <laughs> they were no longer <laughs> little women. <laughs> they were little dudes. <laughs> yeah, the next time we read a book about someone finding out they're not a dude, I want it to be a transition narrative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I cannot handle any more of this. Yeah. But we can't rake that over coals as much unless at that point they're like churning them out in, in like really cheap <laughs> middle grade format, which hmm, that'll be an interesting historic juncture to get to. <laughs> I'm sure at some point it'll become unremarkable enough. Well, yeah. I'd be happy to live in a world where that's the case, frankly. Yeah, where it's ten a penny. <laughs> Churned out LGBTQ kid lit series where oh, there's yeah. like a hundred books and it tells you what everyone's orientation and gender identity is in the first chapter. <laughs> yes, along with like how they do in school and their family divorce situation. And whether they have pierced ears. Yes. <laughs> this is the future that the liberals want. This book is tragically short of fashion. We get the detail that when they're at the prize giving at summer camp, they were wearing formal riding habits, uh, <laughs> which I did try to Google image. And it's exactly as funny as it sounds. Like it does involve a tailored jacket and a long skirt and stuff. I was just picturing nuns to be honest. <laughs> I, I thought, like, it couldn't possibly be, like, a thing with a long skirt, like a Victorian. Oh, yeah, it Like, is, it must be it? just what they call trousers and a jacket when a girl wears it. But no, it's fully, like, it, it fully looks like you're a Victorian out for a mm. jaunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they're wearing this and their swimsuits underneath. <laughs> <laughs> they still do some weird retro stuff in horse circles. Um, my mum's friend is, like, a... Uh, really uh, like a proper horse rider and will sometimes do side saddle type of things. And oh, wow. Like, that just sounds like you're you're just going to fall off at any moment. Um, and I know it's not necessarily the case because I have like posters, like 19th century posters that I've come across of women doing like crazy circus tricks on horses side saddle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like it seems like you would just be constantly dying. I don't yes. know how they weren't always dying. No, I don't know I either. think people do side saddle like for the crack these days though. Yeah. It's not like it's a yeah. requirement for like, it's not like the, the formal riding habits which like are like a part of certain like more formal horsey events that you would be expected to have these on at some yeah. of the stages. It's just more like you know what? I wonder, could you do that side saddle? Yeah, I yeah, I get it. I think it's just a, it's an interesting preservation of something that like... Oh, very cool. Not really necessary. No, anymore. it's not. But it, it is very much just that, I think. It's, um, it's a... You don't go to the horror show at the RDS and see them, like, the side saddle events, because there aren't any. Now, there's going to turn out yeah. that there is one or something, but it's not, um... Like, don't add us. Like, you, there's no side saddle in the show jumping at the Olympics, you know. If there yeah. is, don't add us. <laughs> there isn't. Please don't add us. Anyway, aside from that, everyone spends the whole rest of the time dressed in cowboy gear, and that's all we need to know about that. Cowboy gear is jeans, boots, and a shirt. Accessorized with a cool silver and turquoise belt at the very end. And a banana. banana. Which, oh God, I'm just thinking she doesn't even have to take that off for the metal detectors because it's 1991 or whatever. I know, where you just accidentally get on a plane to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) I know, yeah. Without being like rugby tackled to the ground. (laughs) Karen, I have a question and I think you're going to enjoy sinking your teeth into this. Would you like to weigh in on... (laughs) 
together, everyone was terrible in this. I guess not everyone was terrible. Um, <laughs> hashtag justice for Tomahawk. Um, yep. Because uh, he did nothing wrong. He did, I mean, no, nobody was... Obviously, there will be no... <laughs> no one is coming for Tomahawk, so that, that's stupid. <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Except the rattlesnake. The rattlesnake was coming from to- for Tomahawk. That's true. <laughs> The rattlesnake is cancelled. <laughs> um, uh, the so I had definitely had enough of Stevie's feelings, um, and the general city girls' feelings, yeah, and their wild imaginings and general, um, very <laughs> uneducated racist outlook. Uh, yeah, not not thrilled at the whole like let's yeah let's super focus on Stevie, uh, but we've gone over that. Um, Everybody else is mostly doing their thing. Uh, Eli is kind of a pain. Yeah, I was going to say, would you like to spend a week on holiday in a place where Eli was? God, no. No, no part of this appeals to me. (laughs) I think these days I wouldn't give a shit because he's 18 and I would be a paying customer who is twice his age (laughs) plus change. (laughs) What if he had aged and now he's like 50 or something? Then I would... I'm not doing maths. Just... Be like, well, he owns the ranch now. Have a certain degree of like sympathy for 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 Eli and his like venting about the idiot customers slash tourists who he has whose stupidity he has to compensate for in his daily life constantly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I get I get that he's he's in a customer facing role, um, <laughs> Esther. I've just had a flashback to um, one of your Japan housemates saying something about haystacks <laughs> that I'm still like not over. <laughs> I will never be over it. I was thinking about it just the other day. So you know the way haystacks get wrapped up in all that heavy plastic to keep the rain off them? Yeah. Hey, bales. Bales, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's usually in Ireland, it's black plastic, but in Japan, they largely use white plastic. Okay. And at one point we were on a drive in the country and one of my housemates who was from London and was very not used to being in the country started complaining about how she really wanted cheese. And the first couple of times we didn't remark on it. And then she was like, oh my God, are you guys not getting hungry for this cheese? And we were like, what cheese are you talking about? And it turned out that she thought the big round white things in the fields were just gigantic wheels of cheese and that was the size that cheese is when it's made <laughs> and that they keep it out in a field <laughs> like we pointed out a lot of logical problems with this and she was like they look like cheese i thought they were cheese i don't know why you think this is so weird you guys <laughs> that is the most towny bullshit i have ever heard <laughs> I know. One of my other housemates was literally a farmer and was like howling. <laughs> Bougie towny bullshit. I guess, I guess London is the town. <laughs> that <laughs> like, is so sad. I know. It was so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> like the cheese just lives in a field until like you're ready to take it in and cut it off or something. <laughs> like why do you have to put it in your fucking fridge then? I know. We are like, but like the rain would get in it and like cow poo and stuff and she was like I guess I thought they washed it off before they sold it. <laughs> what was her logic for like I have to refrigerate it when I bring it home? I'm not sure we brought that one up. <laughs> that was my first fucking thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know outdoors is cold so it's fine. 
Yeah, fine. Okay, I think that concludes our thoughts on Dude Ranch um, and on dudes and on Dude Ranches and on the Saddle Club in general. Uh, it's 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 a super April Fools because <laughs> it's like, it's not April 1st anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, like I said on Twitter, we can be foolish all month. So it's an April episode That's involving true. foolery. Yes. Um, our next book is going to be Equally problematic, it's going to be Dawn of the White Saviour Complex. I mean, Dawn and the big sleepover. Hey, it's me again. Um, Yeah, we got totally mixed up about which book was coming next. Um, It's not going to be Dawn and the big sleepover. It is Stacey's Emergency because we have had to skip Jesse and the Dance School Phantom because every time we tried to record that, we got hit with some sort of terrible curse and eventually we just gave it up as a bad job. So yeah, we're skipping ahead and we finally get to see what happens to Stacey's pancreas. So join us for that. In the meantime, hit us up on the social. We are on Twitter as at Podcast Dawn. We're on Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram as the podcast at Dawn's house. Uh, we're on Mastodon as something I can't remember. At Podcast Dawn. Okay. Podcast Dawn at Mastodon.ie. There we go. Uh, we also have a Kofi, but no pressure because that would embarrass us. It's just a thing that exists. <laughs> and we are very happy for the any donations we have and are receiving. All going towards a pizza party, guys. And in conclusion, I would like to remind you all that we're not dudes, okay? We're just not. Stop calling us dudes. We're not dudes. We never have been dudes and we never will be dudes. The end. 